Chains that keep us together. Let's that's the song. Just turn you down in there. Yeah, that's good. Keep us together. Ah, keep us together. Running in the shadows. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like someone's beating a cat. Yeah, but like you're motivated to get your sixer. Uh, yeah, and get the fuck out of there, probably, right? No, but it's no, it's not like I got to get out of here and get out away from the song, though. It's like it's the it's the uh, of like you're you're with the posse with your boys, right? Like swingers or whatever. Like the car pulls up, you hop out of the mm. truck, you walk in, then like whatever was in the radio station of the truck, right? They do that weird audio thing where it was like it was in the background, then it's in the truck, oh, the car door gonna... opens. <sighs> <laughs> and then I'm back in the the liquor store, and then the, the sound keeps back up again. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I got you, I got you. Uh, um, something who who directed that uh, movie with um um about cocaine with um with blow blow yeah blow. I don't know. Is <laughs> that a, I think I think it was a was that a David Finch or Lynch or uh, whatever his name is Fincher? Uh, Ted Don, Ted Dim. Yeah, that would be a Ted Dem thing to do. He looks like he kind of looks like uh, uh, Jonah Hill. <laughs> what other things has Ted Dem done? Because that movie was banging. Ted Dem, uh, Blow is two thousand one. That was a graduation year. Graduation. Yeah. I mean, that's a twenty year old movie. Yeah, and it's a, it's a killer movie though. It's a good one. Great visuals, really good storytelling. Let's see. Oh, okay, all right. Ted Dem is also known for Beautiful Girls, The Ref. Uh, Christmas movie with Dennis Leary where they, the burglar in the house. You, you haven't seen The Ref? I, uh, I didn't see it until a couple of years ago. I Dennis Leary is a... Uh, anyway, he's John Lucasamo, but different. Um, a, a movie called the A Decade Under the Influence. Um, like, that sounds like a documentary. That could have been okay. Eddie Murphy movie, Life. Yeah, that was a good movie. That was a good movie, right? He's, he's directed a lot of Dennis Leary specials. So he's a Dennis Leary guy okay uh episode of, of two episodes of homicide life on the street um a couple of bruce springsteen concerts so he's a little more live performance directory but i mean it's, it seems well, like he had that good. visual um that visual acuity i thought i mean that's that's what blow blow felt like a, i mean the music and blow mm, had heavy, very musical it, yeah there were very musical beats to it i haven't seen it in a long time it holds up brother it it holds up bring this in front really of you. really well <clears throat> there you go it holds up really well um yeah i uh i need to go back and see it i i just kind of lump blow into that whole realm of like boogie nights like every uh, jackie brown like it kind of had that era of like everybody wanted to go back and do that pulpy <gasps> 70s 60s well i mean we we saw it uh with tarantino's latest the once upon a time in hollywood oh yeah it was the same thing it was good and yeah, we loved it, but that blow to me was more. And I, it felt more. Yeah, I guess it was pulpy. Yeah, I'm trying it, to. I'm just trying yeah. to like the beats were fast. The, it, it was like Boogie Nights meets. Uh, it's like Boogie Nights meets Requiem for a Dream, but without all like the really depressing death. <laughs> no, Requiem for a Dream was something else. Like that whole. That had its own little genre too. Remember that, right? You had Spine pie and and, and um, well, yeah, you had pie. Requiem for the Dream was both the same director, like the art, whatever yeah. weird. Yeah, that was just 
I don't know. Um, Memento was around the same time. Right, right. Um, you just had that, that like that really self sabotage Gen X. I fucking hate myself. Well, type it of was stuff. like it was when it, being an edge lord was kind of becoming popular. Yeah. Did you? Uh, it's funny. Um, did you ever read that Klosterman book that I told you about? Nineties. No, I did not. Mm, I'll let you borrow it. I've got it. Um, but he kind of talked about why that was like the general vibe amongst generation X. And it was just had everything to do with the fact that things were so bright and shiny during the eighties and, you know, grunge hit and, you know, just right at this time, everybody's kind of forming their, the rest of their brain in their, you know, late teens and early twenties. Um, and, and how like, and, and it kind of stuck through probably our generation where, which were late Xers, early millennials and where, where we're like it, selling out was a bad thing. I don't know. It could literally have gone either way for us, yes. for us in our generation at, at our time, the internet, like it was fifth grade when we had AOL chat rooms. Right. And that was like... That was when you could either kind of learn the internet, like take take the opportunity to learn what a chat room is, how to navigate a chat room, what what you're supposed to do, mm-hmm. how to have fun doing this, how to find websites that are interesting to you, how to keep finding websites that are interesting, and how to like because how the, to wait for websites to just show up because there wasn't much, <laughs> right? But the the weirdest part about the internet was like what's on the internet, and it's like anything that you want can be on the internet. So then it's it's the genie asking you, what do you want? Yeah. And you're like, like, and it's not even you have three wishes. You have infinite wishes. What's your first wish? You're like, shit, I don't know, music, man. Music. Music. Okay. Music was a big one. What kind of music do you want to listen to? All of it. No, you got to be specific. Do like, I have uh, to? Because Napster's going to show up soon. Well, now Napster <laughs> was. That was a genie in zone. <laughs> well, here's what happened for me in my life with Napster is my first computer was like 9600 baud. Mm-hmm. So we couldn't, if you wanted, like the at that point in time, the browser didn't support images. So if the web page had images, I could click on where the image would be and tell it to load the image. Mm-hmm. But it was going to take probably 30 seconds to load that image. Yeah, you go walk and grab a soda and come back. Right, yeah. It was a lot of clicking waiting back then. So most of, most of the websites were very text heavy. Mm-hmm. And if I'm going to read a bunch of text like that, so then that's where chat rooms and forums and IRC and all that stuff really blew up for me. Because if I'm going to be reading, let's have a conversation, right? I want to participate. That just, that just made it more fun to me. Well, and it, it was made, also just new, just to, the, the, the level of anonymity and talking to people that you thought were living somewhere else. Maybe they were. Most cases they probably were, but in some cases they weren't. Like, but just that that anonymity and being able to just talk to someone and be like, "Wow, this is I'm talking to a girl from Omaha." Like, it's that, wild. Someone you never talked to. It didn't even never... matter. I mean, like the meme was ASL, right? Yeah. Age, sex, location. Sure. But no one told the truth. And it really didn't matter in the end of the day. at the end of the day, you I feel could... bad that I told the truth. <laughs> you didn't always tell the truth. I don't. I can't remember that. You like, fudged going, it. You fudged it. I can't remember going out of my way to lie. To be honest, no, no. I'm not saying going out of your way to lie. Like, mm-hmm. rep- but you fudged it. You you were 18 when you weren't. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. You were you were older than you were. Possibly. 
I just don't remember doing that. You, sh- you might have been from Atlanta instead of Bogart. That's that's how, but that's how like, that's how naive it was. I think you had more truth then than you do now. Oh no no no! Very early on in my house, it was very much so represented that anybody can do anything they want in the internet. Oh, because in my house, that was like before before we had the internet, you had TV. But we really didn't have cable TV at the time. Yeah. So there were a lot of books that I read. And I'm not saying that my parents are very ju- – they, they were judgmental about the books that I read, but mm. they didn't prevent me from reading any books. And my father would just let me know, like, when you read this, just know that anybody can write a book. They just have to convince a publisher to publish it. And if that publisher believes the things, things they believe, they'll publish it. If he likes your words, he's going to do it. He's like, how do you think the Bible got published? Right. The whole group of people want this book. So no, it, it was God it. with a lightning pen and a tablet. Well, no, no, no. That's how it was created. A Kindle scribe. But why is it published? Because that's a high demand book. He deemed it so. I'm just kidding. The Guggenheim <laughs> Press. The Guggenheim <laughs> Press, man. That was the first thing. Mass Martin Luther, books. baby. Martin Luther. It was producing books in high demand. And what was the high demand book? It was the Bible. Well, for a while, it was the Bible. Like, here's the thing. It was the Bible in some circles because at the time the masses couldn't read. Right. But now who sets out to change something like that? Someone like Martin Luther, someone who's making it legible for the, for the common man. Sure. Letting people know there's fuckery afoot, but he still wants some Martin Luther. Lutherans still read the Bible. He still wanted you to read it for sure. For sure. But there was the, there was the whole, um, how far? How far do uh, does does a clergyman take his interpretation to bend to to have uh, things to his will? <laughs> I mean, there's a what's that? The righteous gemstones. Mm. Just what a, a show! A chef's kiss of what a show! I I cannot believe. I just I've I've been thoroughly impressed at John's. Uh, what's his last? Um, Goodman. Goodman's. It's like a second wind. Oh, that guy, that I don't, I don't know. I feel like you could say a second win, but that guy just has consistently not been missing for a long time. Well, absolutely, but and like, even in bad movies, he's good. He, he just seems to be like really flourishing right now, transcendent. Well, and he seems to be like just doing what he wants. Like legitimately, he doesn't need the money. He's just having like. That's the career to have right there. Like, I feel like he's at like a fuck you moment where he's just going to play this character and do this. And, but, but, but also, I mean, he's, he's obviously a professional. He's, but he's also not a list guy either. Like he's just at that perfect level, dude. Uh, he's yeah. He's killing it. I he's not really being like hounded by TMZ. He's not being like the, TMZ might see him and be like, Hey, it's John Goodman. What the hell's going on? But they're not going to be like, I don't know, I harassing just, him like they would other celebrities. It's, I've been trying to like binge through it because I just started it. Righteous Gemstones. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've watched the first season. I need to watch the second. I'm enjoying it. It's it's uh, what's the other guy from um, Eastbound and Down? Danny McBride. Danny McBride. Adam Devine. And then Adam Devine. Those a really guys, good cast. Supporting cast is excellent too. Though I mean, I just can you imagine the writers' room? Oh, I'm sure they're just they. I'm sure they. Their the, stomachs are probably in you, great shape. Can you imagine the shit they riff that doesn't make it? Oh, I'm sure. Like right? the the cutting floor is probably just bloody. 
the shit they riff because that's because that's the kind of show like when you hear them hit those zingers like that mm-hmm. like some of those might be natural but that seems to me like the kind of show where like he's like all right i got five or six i'm gonna hit you with them you, you tell me which one you want you know the show that probably has that same same thing going on is uh and, and i think it's done but veep Right. Veep, yeah. dude, the the just the sheer love. you can just put best of and just put a character in YouTube and it's just tons of insults, just reaming after reaming after reaming. There's yeah, <laughs> it's so good. Veep is uh, she Julie Louis Dreyfus. She was able to have. She was able to take Elaine because mm. that's. She's Elaine. Elaine Bennis, yeah. And then you just, you you didn't even think it was Elaine Bennis. It was just a completely different character. It was just. With tinges. Like, she's she's a a chameleon. You kind of get lost in, like, you see that that's who that is, right? And you're like, I I absolutely associate Julie Louis-Dreyfus with Elaine Bennis and Seinfeld. Right. But she is playing a lawyer that is pretending to be blind in Arrested Development now. And she's doing a bang-up job. Right. So good. I I think she's... She nails that absurdity. Like, just... It's, it's right... Yeah, it's her perfect lane of... Con- I didn't want to get us too far away from what you were talking about, though. Sorry. The internet is the genie. Um, and we... Well, you could ask anything you want, but you had to learn. Yeah. But no, so Gen Z... You had a choice. Mm-hmm. You could either go to the mall. No, that's not Gen Z. Well, not Gen Z. Uh, Gen X. Gen X. Yeah. You could either go to the mall. Mall rats, yeah. Or you stayed at home and you learned the internet. Mm-hmm. Right? That was pretty much... You had your outdoor... So at a certain point. I you mean, had your outdoor Boy Scouts. You had your football jocks. But even your football jocks went to the mall. Well, and you're talking about stay home and, and, and learn the internet. I mean, you're talking about like... That generation really wasn't even messing with that until 96, 97 on a big level. So let me think. I was, yeah, 96, 97 was when I was fucking with that. That's when, that's when I was learning about dial up bulletin boards. I had my AOL chat rooms. That was, so my old man was heavy on just, you can't believe everything you read, right? Mm -hmm. He was big. He was just huge on that. So when when I got into like chat rooms on AOL, I immediately fell into like the D and D role playing chat rooms. The granularity of the things you could get into. Because it, I immediately fell into that because if everybody is pretending who they are, right? Mm-hmm. If if we can't trust that the person on the other side of me tells me he's a man or a woman or his age or his location, I can't trust any of those things. If if that's what I'm being taught to be safe then why don't I just go to a place where everyone is open about being fake? And then all of a sudden, shit gets real. Where it doesn't matter what your gender, your race, your identity, your age, none of that matters. Now, you can tell that some people are a bit more mature than others, and you can tell some people that give different levels of answers. And then you, you, me, myself, I was like 6th, 7th grade, like, talking to 30 something year old adults about some adult themes. And I'm not talking to like heavy shit. I'm just talking about just general conversations that a, that a 12 and 13 year old would not normally have with a 30 year old, With a 30 year old. Yeah. Right. 
Um, I think a lot of it too, though, depends like the way you're telling me, you know, the way it was presented to you, the internet and how your parents are like, Hey, this is whatever you're going to, you know, make it to be. Um, I would say you had a, an atypical experience compared to most. I was just kind of sat, like I was just kind of shown the internet and left alone. So I didn't, no one, no one gave me any grand speech. No one told me to be careful. And was like, this is America online. You got email now. Like, well, no, it was what you can do. And I'm like figuring out how to look at profiles. I'm figuring out how to like, okay, this person. So, so too, like you had a moment in time where people would be like, oh yeah, I'm 13 female from Minnesota. Right. And you go to their profile and like, they don't realize you can go look at profiles and it's clearly not, you know, you right. catch, you know, a little bit of detective sleuthing before people are like, Oh yeah. Before people start getting called out. <laughs> I'm, I was too fucking lazy to do the sleuthing. I just trusted that you were, you were just fake. I did too, a little bit. Like I figured out the, I figured out the profile thing later, but that's what I'm saying. Like, I think early on I, I went on there with no, with no intention of being deceptive at all. Well, and I have, you talk about being atypical, and this is probably true because at, at around that same time, my mother was going back to school to get her degree. Mm. So she was going to night school. That's a leg up right there. Right. So I had to, I would get home from school and then we would either have a quick dinner or mom would pick us up. We would get like McDonald's or something on the way. Mm-hmm. And then she'd have a class. So she would put me and my sister in a computer lab right next door to the classroom. So you had that quality internet. For, so we had that time. We had that UGA at our whole hall internet. T one baby, right? You had that. <laughs> we had the ninety six hundred. I didn't get images at home, but at you know at the UGA computer lab. Oh man, you could wait like ten seconds to man, get an image. Shit, I was beep, playing beep, Connect beep, Four. Beep, beep. What the fuck you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I would play hours of Connect Four. I'm fucking dangerous at that game. But beside the point. That was how I learned the internet is, is you have an hour and a half to entertain yourself because if you don't entertain yourself and you become distracting or disruptive, your mom's going to whoop your ass and, and you know, she's trying to go to school and learn some shit. So just be a decent human being. So all you had to do is know that there was shit there. Like that you wanted to know about, like you had to just be like, all right, let me find. It was hard at, for me, it was like, but then I would just be silly and I would, I've basically, I found a random word generator. So then I would go to the random word generator, make it make a random word. And then I would search that random word. Oh, so like, like the, the early internet equivalent of flipping to a page in the dictionary. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You Miriam Webstered your ass. Oh, well, no, that was my ADHD. Like my parents were assholes because I would, I would be writing a paper. Did you ever do that with an encyclopedia? Just real quick. I don't like encyclopedias. I loved them for some reason. Well, although mine were always like out of date by like ten to fifteen years. Sure, sure. Because they were handed down. And my problem with encyclopedias is they all were they felt too short. Like I would want one, just give me one big tome, mm-hmm. instead of like fifteen or eighteen books. Yeah, that would be way more cool. Anyway, As remind, remind me about my remind me after you get done with this to tell you about my encyclopedia idea. I will. Okay. So, no, my, I'd be like, how do you spell necessary? And my dad would be like, look it up. He, he wouldn't tell me. He knew how to spell it. Look it up. That's smart. So then I would get the dictionary out. But my ADHD ass, I mean, I'd be like, aardvark. Oh, that's a cool picture. Yeah. 
Bananas. Oh, cool. Canadian bacon. Oh, there's an image for that? No it looks kidding. like ham. <laughs> right? <laughs> it would take me the better part of 20 minutes to get to the ends. Because you wouldn't just flip to it. No. You would just you would want to one page at a time? Not one page at a time, but I mean, if there's an, if there's an illustration in a dictionary, you're telling me you're not looking at it? And that's what this generation of kids don't understand. I'm just glad you didn't ask your dad how to spell zoology. (laughs) (laughs) Zydeco. That one fucked me every time. (laughs) Fucking Zydeco. You know, the kids are missing out today on illustrated dictionaries. That's what I'm getting at. Dictionary illustrators. Those are the people who should be bitching about losing their jobs, not the coal miners. How many people do you think accidentally found their passion by flipping through a dictionary or flipping through an encyclopedia? And found like an image or something that like interested the fuck out of them. Yeah. Oh yeah, I can definitely. Yeah, I can. Like holy shit, I really like bugs. I really like this bug in particular. I'm gonna study dung beetles. One of, for my life's work. Probably one of my like non-sexual fetishes is like patent and like patent drawings or illustrated uh, parts breakouts or schematics or. Is that why you eviscerated the Atari shirt? Why? Well, yeah. That up? <laughs> You're like, fuck, that's not a schematic. That's That was Garbo. That's garbage. That's just that's just someone line drew an Atari and wrote some numbers around it. Right. That was disappointing. Because that's because how much. I was wondering much, why you went so hard on that. You were like, fuck this shirt. Because how much cooler would it have been if it was an illustrated parts breakout where you had like the base plate and just the board and like a heat sink and then the top piece. Well, and, and honestly, let's be let's And be it's real. not that much extra work for an artist to draw something It's like less that. work because it's literally in the patent. You just print it out. You right. reprint it and you print it out. <laughs> like, <sighs> but no, like, so, but that, that imagery, which is like, that style of imagery though is very hearkened to what I would call dictionary illustrations. Yeah. Wouldn't, I mean, that's, that's, that's that same style. Mm-hmm. And you didn't really get that in the encyclopedias. Yeah, well, there were pictures. There just weren't. They were like those nice hand-drawn lines. I never had a dictionary with pictures, I'll be honest. Like, we always had the old-ass, like, plain Merriam-Webster, these are words. I had the Merriam-Webster, big hunk of chunk with, like, the little carve-outs on the side that told you where the letters were. Oh, yeah, yeah. There, but it was illustrated. Like, Fine. not, like, lots of pictures, but and they weren't. They weren't bigger than like a large postage stamp, right? I'm not sure, sure, about- yeah. I know, I know what you're talking about, but I just never had it, so it never dawned on me in that way. Encyclopedias always had more, but I was always interested in snakes and, and reptiles and your turtles. Folks, your but, folks went cheap on the dictionaries. I guess they did. I guess they did. I had an Encyclopedia Britannica that was 1976. Nice. And I had a world book that was a little newer. I want to say it was like 87 or 89, something like that. Now, I do love a good book of maps. A good book of like like cartography shit? Like a... Like sometimes in encyclopedias, they'll have like maps of the world and like country maps and stuff like that. Remember the ones that would have the, you get to that one area and they actually like fold it out a little bit. Like, sure, sure. Yeah. Like, like the centerfold. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're like, mm, yeah, Greece. Yeah, he's holding up, he's holding up the mm. fucking M diction or encyclopedia, <laughs> letting the page hang out. Mmm, <laughs> Italy, you're nice and long. <laughs> oh, I can smell the garlic bread. <laughs> so fake, I can smell it. <laughs> oh, that was a delicious beer. Yeah, Taco Tuesday from Monday Night Brewing. It's uh, episode 392, by the way, of uh, Lopez Radio. 
As I slowly churn through the uh, through the annals of time with this podcast, uh, can I tell you? I did here with Banshee weird Radio. What's up? I re-listened to your Burt episode. Did you? Because it just blows my mind that one of the biggest comedians in the world now <laughs> was on my show. What five years ago? Four years ago? Five years ago? Seven? You, six years ago? You just you you reached out to him on Twitter, right? Um, I. Or did you meet him after the show? I reached out to him on Twitter. I met him after the show, and then I reached out to him on Twitter, and he said, yeah, here's Leanne's email. Shoot her an email and, and get me on the schedule. That was it. So I had an email correspondence with his wife. She put me on his calendar. And he didn't, like, vet who you were or anything. He would. He was just hustling. He was work Like, you hear him talk about... He talks a little more openly now about that part of his life as well. Cause that was like travel channel was coming to an end and he was like working really hard. Mm, that's when he was rebuilding. Like he was rebuilding the whole stand up thing. Yeah. So he was, he was probably just saying no to nothing. Probably, probably, which I didn't hear much from him after that. <laughs> right, well, but I mean, it's just but still is there. It's, it's wild to me. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a, there are moments in this podcast where I'm just kind of like that happened. I and talked to Billy Corbin. Billy, you know. I was about to think Billy Corbin was the other one that, and you guys really had, you had multiple conversations. Mm, I only talked to him once. I thought you talked. Jesse Schechner was the other guy from Miami that That's I That's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. I actually recorded a podcast with Jesse not that long ago and he told me not to post it. <laughs> <laughs> he got a little too honest. Uh oh, he got a little too honest, and he's like actually a like a proper journalist in Miami now. So that happens. He's like, I don't want to get in trouble. It's like, I got it, man. We'll just call it. We'll just call it catching up. It's all good. <laughs> it's all good. Uh, he's got some opinions. Well, that was <laughs> yeah, the whole crew. That just I was thinking the other day just how odd that was that 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 time you were just hitting podcasts, bro. You were focused. They were like you were laser focused on that. Yeah, yeah. I miss it. I miss it. Nah, don't miss that. I mean, I I I I miss the I miss the hustle of it. I thought it was fun. Like it was all new. I think I burned myself out a little bit. But at the same time, like you realized as it as it churned on, I realized more and more. I was like, this is something that requires so much energy at all levels. I'm talking about even at like a Burt level. I'm talking about even at like a Tom Segura level, like even though they're big, they have to maintain it. And that just requires a, a massive amount of, I need to put stuff up right now. I need to have stuff going up every three hours. Um, so it's circulating. I but, need but those guys proved that they proved you could make money podcasting. But they also show, in my opinion, they showed if you want to make money podcasting, you need to be prepared to put up capital. And both of them, because of their successful comedy careers, I think had enough capital. I mean, how many studios has Tom Segura built? He built I a mean, huge one in L.A. Three or four at least at this point. Right. And so, I mean, he's he's investing all he's got. He obviously has the funds to invest this capital into these podcasts. And then these podcasts make money, and then he hires these guys. 
But I've got a, I know that the production crew that he's got that does your mom's house and Christina's uh, what, where your mom's at, uh, Two Bears, One Cave, mm-hmm. the, that Nadal crew, they do a lot of other, like that's what it started out with is that, that crew was just doing other podcasts mm-hmm. and he was, he was pimping them out basically. And that's, to me, that's like brilliant. Obviously, right? You, yeah. you get yourself a production crew, line them up, and just put talent in front of them. Well, and that's the, but that's the case, and that's the case with anything, right? Like when you're talking about people who are producing their own YouTube videos, it's a hell of a lot easier to do when you have an editor. <laughs> but when you're doing the recording oh, yeah. and the editing and the scripting and you know the scheduling and all that stuff, that's I think that's what became really tough for me was uh, was was scheduling with people. It was really it was really tough. And like I had people I could rely on, but you could only, I mean, you can only bring people back so much before you're just talking the same talk every time and just reaching, like reaching out to folks. And it wasn't even getting turned down. It was like the constant plate spinning of, all right, this person's in, this person's out, this person dropped last minute, this person. And it's just like, I don't have the team to do that. <laughs> well, no, and most shows, that, most talk shows that do stuff like that, mm-hmm. they book like seasons, yeah, right? Like a booker sits down and goes, and six weeks from now, episode one's going to start, and we're going to record 12 episodes in a row and then release them over 12 weeks. Yeah. And so they're scheduling. They just have to schedule 12 days in a row. They do not even half of Podvember and make it stretch out for ever. For for a year and a half. How much how much content did I do in that pod member? That I, was that was easy. Well, you did what at least thirty minutes a day for thirty at days. The very least, yeah, thirty. It, it, yeah, most of the time it, so was, it was over it, two. So at least fifteen. Yeah, anywhere from fifteen to what um, forty five hours. I did the math. I went through and added it up at one point. It was a lot because I did a couple of three-hour ones in there. I did quite a few two-hour ones. Um, very few that were less than an hour. Unless it was like, usually that would be like, hey, my guest fell through. I don't have a guest. I'm just going to talk to myself. Right, right. That was tough. It was tough. But I mean, I, th- I think too, it didn't, it didn't help anything when you're talking about this podcast. Cause a lot of people ask, ask me about like, well, I mean, I'm sure you did. All right. I was like, I never made money off the podcast. <laughs> like I never did. Like it was, I think that it, it's a, it's a very big lesson and you need to have a niche. Well, I'll also say this. Um, well, I don't know. From the observer, it never looked like you pursued it, like sponsorship and stuff like that. Like you, you didn't had, know how you did the like the Meundi thing for a little bit, and you mm. you tried. And that had more to do with the, the Twitch other. Yeah. Than, than than anything else, you know. So I mean, you tried to do stuff like that, but I didn't know how. That was the problem. I just didn't know where to go. So I was just like, I'm just gonna record. I'm just gonna brute force it and see what happens. And it just and that's work. and so and again that that goes back to the the business model, right? Where you're running a studio with a production group, just like you run a radio station, right? You have you have a literal podcast agent that will go out and find the right. deals no, for you. Just just like you run a radio station, right? Mm-hmm. You have a radio station who has a division that's sole responsibility is to sell advertising. Yep. Sales team, promotions team. You got a sales team, a promotions team. Engineers. You've got your engineers. 
staff, your staff and your talent. You you could run, you, you not you could you do. There are people who do run podcast networks, right? Mm-hmm. Just like a radio station, and then you're not limited to. It, it's as you know. That that's the weird thing is you know like uh, you hear about those uh, those maker locations, or you hear about the uh, like you can rent an office space. Right. Yeah. Like if I want you to have a conference right mm-hmm. now, we need to be official and shit. We could rent a conference room and some, some office space. Yeah. Right. But just to see those kind of guys like that, not start pushing like a podcast thing. Cause everybody's doing it. Everybody wants it. You, you could, you could capitalize off you rent. Right. Yeah. You could. And you know, I don't know. <laughs> and there's probably shit like that in San Francisco all over the fucking place. There's probably uh, people in Silicon Valley like, yeah, there's one on every fucking block, dude. Yeah, I'm I'm sure. I'm sure. Because I've, I've heard it talked about and memed on, so it's got to be a thing, you know? Sure. Um, but, you know, it's 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 cool, though. Like, I, I think that even though that didn't work out, you know? Well, it, was it work? Were you trying to make it work out or were you just having a fun hobby? Um. I I was having a fun hobby that I wanted to work out, but here's the thing. Yes, of course I've got a radio background, but I was just radio talent. I did. I, the rest of the station did its own thing, just like you said. And, and, you know, none of those, none of that, that machine doesn't work if one of the pieces aren't working with it. Right. So that's, that's essentially what that is. It's like, well, I guess I'm just going to keep going. And that's why you don't see those indie touring bands. Because they don't have that machine. They're doing all those things themselves. I like the indie touring bands. I love the indie touring bands. But they're they're getting harder to find. Um well not harder to find. Yeah. But it's I don't know. I think getting older doesn't help because I went to a show. Getting older makes it harder, but it's the the other end is is the algorithm. Like what's pushed on you. Mm-hmm. And it's becoming less I'm trusting it less. Like, well, I, I trust that the algorithm knows what I like. And nine times out of ten, it's going to show me what I like. The algorithm locked you in his own, though, didn't it? <laughs> but, but other algorithms will not show me what I like, but just show me what's popular. What's what's getting the most engagement. And that's not interesting all the time, either. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Let me get another one of them brewskis, man. Oh, yeah. I'm not trying to. No, you're fine. No, you're, you're good. Um, you know, it's interesting. We... Uh, I don't know. Did you see that thing? It was on Reddit not too long ago. Um, the guy in Athens, he plays keyboard downtown. And um, yeah, like, I did see that. And uh, and you know, he just plays for tips. And he's a student. He's a music student. And right. uh, some people came by and you know, smashed on his keyboard and well, then stole out of the bucket or something. Yeah, like that. they went to they went to just press his keys when they walked by and they knocked and knocked the keyboard over. You know, those keyboard stands aren't very sturdy. Yeah, they're rickety. Um, don't touch other people's shit, but whatever. You're and drunk. she was like, "Oh, I'm so sorry." And then she reached out, and like grabbed grabbed his tips and walked off. Uh huh. Um, and that shit was uh, a. It's enraging, you know. It's it's enraging to see that happen to someone. Sure. And then someone, you know, if you watch the video, someone did step up and was like, "Here you go, man." Like, hooked him up. It was like, "Here, that's all I got." But you know, gave him like a big tip and stuff like that. And the guy didn't really care about the tip. Like in the end, he was just kind of like, "I just." wanted the people to know that that shit happens, you know? And, uh, that person got, uh, got found out yeah, yeah. <laughs> and got in a lot of trouble. Yeah. Um, the school they were going to found out and yeah. they got in a lot of trouble. Yeah. Um, 
I guess they didn't realize he was streaming live <laughs> when that happened, which is just dumb on their part. Well, it's just, just fuck around and find out. Well, if you can't, if you cannot control yourself, yeah. if you can't control yourself, be prepared for your consequences. Take your medicine like everybody else. Yeah. Move on. Well, it's, it's, and, <laughs> and two, it's, it, it also, it kind of lends itself. I say lends itself. It kind of, um, is indicative of the types of entertainment that Gen Z kind of has going on, which is a lot of cringe humor and a lot of people who, um, just do things to piss people off, you know? It's it's all that engagement, right? We've talked about I talk about this oh I talk about it too much. But the algorithm can't tell positive from negative engagement. So just as it just knows people are right, clicking so buttons and typing words. Just as many times as someone's gonna say aw at a cute little puppy, they're gonna rubberneck at a car wreck. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like nobody wants to see the dead body inside the car when they open up the car door. But we're all going to watch the video to the end right before they open up that car door. Yeah. Before we scroll our TikTok, we're going to go, what the fuck are we looking at? And they're going to go, oh, no, there's a dead body behind that door. And like, no, they're going to open that fucking door. Yeah. And you watch it to the end. And you're like, why did I do that? Why did I do that? Why did I do that? That's one thing I never And got. then you'll, you'll thumbs down it. You'll negative comment or whatever. But now you've just interacted with it. Yep. And so now it's going to show you more shit like that. And it's going to show more people shit like that because it's getting interacted with. So these kids, they want that that endorphin feedback from their TikTok, right? They want their TikToks looked at, so they want that engagement. So they know it's that popularizing that edgelord, right? Mm -hmm. But now the edgelord has to be creative because you can't just be an asshole. You can be the edge and not be an asshole, right? You can be those NPC people. Right, that's the edge. It's not an asshole. That shit is so ridiculous. <laughs> but it's the edge. It's an edge lord. That's like edge lord behavior, wouldn't you agree? Yeah. And it's that. That's that whole. And what's 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 hard for me is that. That behavior is becoming popular, yeah. and it's overshadowing some of the authenticity. Right. Like. Like Aubrey Plaza kind of like with Parks and Rec kind of made like really popular and famous that like resting bitch face, like no reaction, right? Absolutely. And now I don't know her name necessarily, but I see her in tons of memes all over Instagram, TikTok and whatnot. It's a, a young lady who's doing podcasts. She's very, very successful, paid a lot of money. She's interviewed Drake, Shaq, um, Little Yachty, lots of other different R&B rapper artists, stuff like that. And she all she has that same deadpan resting bitch face, yeah, uh, uh, motif about her. Yeah, I'm not saying she's ripping off Aubrey. She's doing her own thing and she's unique, right? But like a lot of people, she gets a lot of hate and a lot of flack for being fake or or it's an act or whatever. And I love it. I think it's really creative and interesting. But at the same time, it's also like quite juvenile and i think she's smarter than that like i think it's it's holding she's now the clown she's she's proven her point and she's sticking to the point still she's now the clown and she can't tell any more jokes she mm -hmm. can just honk the horn and make water come out of the daisy mm -hmm. right 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but I, I think it, there's something that when that, that stuff's popularized, right. There's something that does to like, and, and every generation's had it right. You know, you had, we were just talking about Gen X and their tragic view on life and all the, all the movies that came out in the nineties um, and all the music that came out in the nineties about drugs and depression and, you know, suicide and all that stuff. Um, now all the content kind of revolves around this, like cringy and obsession with not being cringe and obsession with, with going ahead. And this is something our, our generation did too, going ahead and making fun of yourself before anyone else can make, make fun of you. And, and then, and then you have the result of that is people think it's not that, not that there weren't, that there were people that didn't do that kind of stuff to the keyboard player in the past, but now there's almost like this, like lease to do it a little more, to act out a little more. Oh, it's not a lease. There was never a lease to act out. Yeah. There was always fuck around and find out whether you were on camera or not. Mm-hmm. If you touched a busker's piano and fucked up his piano stand, he's going to be pissed at you. Mm-hmm. And if you reach in his bucket and you pull out a $20 bill, you're lucky you don't catch something up the back of your head as you're running away. They just happen to do it to a kid who's not going to fight. Right. Yeah. So, but I don't know. We got the whole, uh, the whole thing with kick, right? Like the whole thing with kick and the, that streamer in Japan that got, uh, ice Poseidon. Locked- Who's getting sprayed in the face? Have you seen this? I heard about Ice Poseidon getting sprayed. I'm talking about the the kid who got thrown in jail in Japan for trespassing onto a construction area, and he's he's just going through going around Japan and just he's he's got like a huge following, but he's going around Japan and he's just yelling Hiroshima Nagasaki at people and just taking advantage of the fact that that culture doesn't normally fight back or yell back at people. Um. And he got in a ton of trouble, but he's one of those, any clout's good clout, like any attention's good attention. He was covered by all the newspapers, all the news outlets in Japan, probably going to get deported after some jail time, but it's only going to make him bigger. Like that, that is the kind of edgelord shit that's like, why is that so fucking popular? Oh, I mean, okay. So, right. You're talking about like the the uh, what's that guy that's uh, from Romania? That's his brother and him are gonna fucking pimp. Oh, I'm uh, I'm not talking about that guy. I'm not talking about Andrew Tate. But I mean that's they, that's they spawn the, their the own same, their own shit. That's yeah. the, that's that's their own. They have their own brand of edge lord, right? But it's it's all still edge lord. It's all still saying shit that you know is unpopular or misogynist or wrong or Johnny Somali is the guy's name. Okay. Not familiar with this one. He's just, he basically just goes and just tries to piss people off and likes when he gets arrested for shit. I saw, I saw a meme video the other day or something. It was like on TikTok or Instagram of, uh, it was some YouTube prankster. And he pulled some prank, and some guy pulled a gun and shot him. Mm. And, like, it held up his self-defense in court. Yep. I, I saw the headline for that. I didn't read into it. And it was the guy. it feels like it's just more and more. 
<laughs> the guy had a knife, and it was a fake movie knife. So when you stabbed, it would just go in, wouldn't stab anybody. And so, like as a prank, he's pretty much kind of picking a fight with somebody, shows him a knife, and then he lunged in to stab somebody so that they could get their reaction, thinking they just got stabbed. Well, this guy's reaction to I just got stabbed was pull two off, you know. Yeah, don't <laughs> fucking do that shit. Like, why would you fucking do that shit? So it's the thing is, is that it's it's those young, undeveloped brains, right? When we were growing up, we had some pretty fucking dumb ideas, right? We jumped off the roof through folding tables and shit like that, you know? Sure, yeah. I didn't, but yeah, I see what you're saying. We know people who did. <laughs> yeah. They're amazingly still alive. <laughs> <laughs> they they somehow made it. So You too can make it, kids. <laughs> right. So I'm just saying, I mean, that exists. Mm. So the the... They just they keep upping the stakes, I guess. I don't no, know. That's all you can do, right? Like you can't just do the same thing over and over again, right? But what I mean, was some people? Uh, can, what was but... the cliche though in like the fifties where they would drive off a cliff and then try to slam on brakes, and if you were the last one to slam on brakes, you were the best one. Oh yeah, that weird game of chicken. Right. Wait. So now you're just you're dying. I mean, that's that's just as stupid, I guess. Yeah. It's a different. <laughs> right. I mean. Yeah. It's. I don't know. I, I, but I also think that's the other weird thing is like some of this shit's set up, right? So like some of this prank or this drama stuff is is all fake, where they do it to generate a video to get reaction, and then people are like, "That's real," so I'll do the same thing they did. There's got to be some. There's got to be whether you're young or old there are people who look at things and take it way too much face value. There are. And, uh, but, but, and that's, that's the kind of the Andrew Tate problem, right? That's the problem with all Andrew Tate and all the people that are kind of like him where they're like, I want to be a womanizer and I want to low key dog on trans people. And I want to low key shit on gay people. They don't realize that they're, pl they do. I, I say they don't realize they, they realize they're playing to the lowest common denominator in, in children, basically. And I don't remember which uh, which streamer it was, um, but he's like a, kind of a weird Andrew Tate. Not, he 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 fucking feuded with Moist Critical for a little while, and uh, he went and, and a bunch of people recognized him at a baseball game, or a bunch of kids recognized him at a baseball game. Clearly, these kids are like twelve, mm -hmm. thirteen I know, years old. I know, I know the story you're talking about. Yeah. yeah, and this kid just like I was like, oh man, I love your stuff, man. You know, trans people are the worst. Gay people are the worst. Women suck. You know, we hate women. Like, and, and the guy like, was like, like, "Whoa, whoa, that's not what I'm talking let's about." Walk that back a little, yeah. But he know he walks it back, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. But he knows that's what they're. Well, no, it's okay. Let's talk about something we we haven't seen since your childhood. Okay, Joe Camel. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Why don't we see Joe Camel anymore? Because. Because like he cartoons. because he made smoking cigarettes cool. So did the Marlboro Man. Right, right. So did the so did the rich people on rich people on a speedboat in a Newport ad. <laughs> rich white people on a speedboat right. Newport ad. But I mean, we saw the Marlboro Man, and we're like, that guy fucks. That's a tough motherfucker, right there. That guy yeah. is swimming in pussy. Yeah, when he's not on the range. That's right. He's got one in each hand. 
Absolutely, one no. in each yellow fingered hand. Well, well, well. He's got he's got his marble in one hand, and he's got his vagina in the other, brother. I'm telling you, he's ambidextrous. <laughs> he'll I'll tell him. you that he'll switch. He's got to give the other one he'll attention. <laughs> I'm gonna use my right lung now. <laughs> That's the same shit. People look at Andrew Tate. Unfortunately. And, and think he fucks, and he does, because he's manipulative. And then he goes to jail. He's going. He's he's in jail right now for manipulating women, and to doing sexual acts mm. on camera for money, mm-hmm. and then not giving them that money. That's that's essentially what he's in jail for right now. So it's it's to anyone else, the incels, whoever they look at that and they go, eh, he's in jail. But that guy fucks. Yeah. I just, I just. He still speaks my language, man. I'll just pay the girl. Yeah. He just, he still speaks my language. I, I just, I'll, I'll do everything he does and then I'll pay the girl. And so I won't be in jail and I'll fuck. That's, that's the plan. And it's not that they want to be misogynist or, or they're, they're hating or they just believe that is the only path for companionship to them. I don't even know if it's companionship. It's just it's just it's absolutely um, them making a hero out of somebody. Like this guy's doing the things I want to do. He's doing he's doing it how I want to do it. He's he you know I I don't want to jump through hoops and and get to know somebody. They should want to get to know me. Well, they should want they should want to be and it's also spawned off all those. Weird YouTube shows and podcasts where they bring in a group of girls and two guys sit there and roast the fuck out of them. Oh yeah, it's so sickening. It's gross. It's but it, gross. And but it's, it's that that's the that's why they like Trump. I, I read an article about it because when he goes up and he does his stump speeches, and he's talking about wind turbines and electrocuting and and alligators and whatever it is he's talking about. You know what he's not talking about? Mm. Policy. He's not talking about foreign policy. He's not talking about domestic policy. No, he's, he's talking about yeah. because most people are very bored by politics. So the reason he's got votes is because he's up there and he's talking like nobody else. He says things that are interesting to me. He's not boring. He's a better stand-up comedian than Joe Biden. Yeah. Well, it's funny you say he talks like nobody else because. Well, all he has to do is talk like everybody else they know. <laughs> right. To talk like nobody else. Right. <laughs> what a fucking weird world. Oh, and I love the videos where they, they interview them and they're like, look, I'm not stupid, man. I see what's going on. And Trump's our one true king and savior. And I'm like, oh, let's walk that back. I'm not stupid. Okay, I'll take you for your word. I see what's going on. You're paying attention. The I'm kid. Glad. The kids these days would call that woke, but I'll let you continue. You're aware. <laughs> Lord Trump, Jesus is our king. Well, that's where you lost me right there. That does not coincide with the previous two things that you said. My, my, my whole, uh, it just, it's fun. It's, I can't, it's, this is, we are, we are witnessing some like, Prince Ferdinand getting murdered, historical shit right now. Um, and I mean, I'm uh, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I just think I think people are are all 
what YouTube and live streaming has done is made everyone content minded. You took TikTok. Everyone's content minded. Oh, how can I turn machine? How can I turn this into something that will that I can share? How can I Instagram, Facebook, like all of the shit, right? All that's all one big thing, right? How can I turn this into something I can share with everyone? Well, but I, I'll say this, like, like what's fun about TikTok versus, and I don't uh, just before you get to that, don't think I don't recognize that I'm recording a podcast right now. Right? No, it's all content, right? And we all make content for different reasons, and some people make content to make money, and it's their job, right? And it's no different than the guy on the street corner selling sunglasses in New York. Yeah. Right? He's selling Oakleys for $20. Sure. They're not Oakleys, but you know what I'm saying. Oakleys, baby. But he's he's that same hustle, right? It's no different, right? Mm -hmm. It's a hustle. And hustle and grind. Stack your paper. Do your work. Ain't no hate in none of the game. But what's interesting, what I like more about TikTok than I do, TikTok's algorithm versus Instagram versus uh, YouTube shorts. What I like most about TikTok's algorithm is that TikTok will let a meme catch fire and then let the meme die. So like it doesn't force it upon you. Like forever. Like but but like TikTok will be like the uh we just talked about the meme about girls I'm getting electrocuted right now. About girls uh asking their boyfriends last time they thought about Rome. Yeah. And then you talk about um Thank you. That stopped. <laughs> I don't know what that is. There's something that clicks on in the house that makes that happen. Uh, it's probably your uh, your air conditioning compressor then. Either the compressor or one of the uh, dehues. Uh, anyway, my brain just derailed. They'll let a meme die. They'll let a meme die. So like the, the Roman girlfriend thing. Yeah. You saw you saw God, tons dude. of that. You swipe, 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 swipe. But now you don't see it anymore. Well, thankfully, I didn't see it, but someone talked about it, and it was talked about for a couple of days, and then I never heard about it again. Right. And that's how, that's how it runs through TikTok. Like, the girl math meme ran through TikTok. Yeah. Have you heard of this meme? I remember seeing things about it, but it wasn't it just like guys asking their, their girlfriends math questions. No. It's, it's, a, it's an accounting situation. So girls believe that if they have cash, that's mm -hmm. money they've pulled out of their bank account. And they spend that cash, the thing that they bought is free. How? Because no more money came out of their bank account. But they pulled the money out of the bank account. Right. It's already out. So in their minds, once they pull money out of the wall, so once yeah. cash comes out of the bank account, that cash is gone. It's never going back into that bank account. Mm-hmm. So if I pull $20 out, I'm never putting 10 back in. So that $20 is gone. Well, you could do the same thing with guys about Vegas then. Right. I'm going to Vegas. I'm taking $500 to lose. If I lose it, oh well. Right. It's the same mentality. Exactly. Okay. So but, so that but that was a that was a That was the meme. That was the girl math meme. Yeah. And and guys were clearly like upset. They're like, well, I don't understand girl math. You're wrong." Like mathematically you are wrong but logically it makes sense right you just explain it the other way around yeah so then girls were all up on like boy math and it was like all of the horrible things that we've ever done to women like what and there's a list right sure what have we done what haven't we don't, done? yeah don't i know I'm just, I'm just joking we don't have to go down <laughs> i'm joking path, man come on yeah. i've got 
three girls out in the hall we're gonna bring in we're gonna just roast the fuck out of them um it's funny i was i brought up uh, you know as we were talking about the the popularity of those uh and we're talking me and you were just talking about past podcasts and uh and we were just talking about the popularity of those podcasts where they bring the girls in and they ask them questions to make them look stupid basically right and so they can just kind of shit on them in a in a very um mansplaining way right and she, so I was, I was explaining this phenomenon to the wife and she was like, she was like, oh, you mean basically it's, it's, it's the girls save Nick episode, but the other way around. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, we did do that. Oh, Simpsons did it. Simpsons Lopez did radio it. did it. Man. <laughs> Those were, dude. I, I, you want to talk about some quality content? Let's talk about good stuff. Let's talk, stop, let's talk, stop, okay. let's stop talking about the content we don't like. Okay. I watched a video today, two of them, in fact, by an Australian YouTube creator. And one of them was him attempting to pull off the Seinfeld, um, Kramer, uh, uh Newman, uh, turn the bottles in for money scheme. Okay. Because like in New York, if you had a bottle, you couldn't turn it in. But if you went across the border to New Jersey, you could turn it in for 10 cents a bottle. So the plan was to fill a truck up with bottles and then drive it across the border and make money. But the expense is the truck moving it across. And then Newman shows up with a free mail truck so they can finally load it all up. And that's that's a Seinfeld episode basically in a nutshell. So he tries to recreate this mm -hmm. because he's a long distance runner like marathon runner in Australia. So he's running along these roads and just picking up trash as he goes. So the whole video is about him picking up trash and attempting to go across the border to turn the bottles in to, to make money. And it was just a really well-produced, very positive message, 30 minute video. It was a solid 30 minute video. Yeah. And then, so I watched the very next, like YouTube just played another one right after it. I don't like autoplay, but go ahead. Oh, I love it. I'll let autoplay just feed, really just feed me Seymour. Yeah, you just throw it on the TV and fall asleep. Kind well, like I'll I'll put it on one monitor, and then I'll play like a a card game, or like a puzzle game, or a, like a Minesweeper clone, or like a game like that. You know, cells. Yeah, like a clicker. Yeah, and so coloring I'll, pixels. Right, something like that. So I'll have I'll have the video running and then, then I can look over over there every once in a while and I'll play my game whatever and just watch it, kind of like people watch Twitch in the background. Sure. And I'll just let them, especially these long format videos these guys make that are produced real well. I'll just let them roll. And then the second one, it's called the most inconvenient podcast. Mm. And so there's a guy in Australia who does a podcast with other fathers and it's like fathers with talking to fathers kind of thing. Sure. Is the premise. So he wants to talk to this YouTube guy that makes his videos. So the YouTube guy goes, okay, we're 600 kilometers away, so I'll meet you halfway. I'll move 300 kilometers. You go 300 kilometers. And it just happens to be there's an island in the middle of a lake about 300 kilometers from each of them. So the dad, both the dads take their kids on this journey 300 kilometers through the Australian bush to meet up on an island and have a podcast together. And so his video is about the meetup, and the other guy's video is about the podcast. But it was just really well edited, really well done, beautifully produced, 30-minute 
and it's you can tell that there's more people involved than just this guy. Yeah, something like that. It's got to be right. There's a there's a production crew involved, mm. but it's still a small crew. They have the the credits at the end. It's a small crew, probably less than fifteen, and it's they're just producing really quality videos. Mm-hmm. I, I yeah, I've subscribed immediately. I'm looking forward to watching more of them like that. But there's there are people out there that are making great quality content, and what's interesting is that is what we all talked about. The great thing about YouTube is it democratized the things like YouTube and Twitter and social media and stuff. Uh, YouTube, uh, even fucking um, uh, uh, TikTok, it democratized getting the information and the message out. Right, kids can now meme that Donald Trump has a sign up for his Oklahoma City you know rally. So all the kids meme that they sign up to his rally, thinking he's going to have thousands and thousands of people there, and there's you know twenty, <laughs> right? What else didn't they do that for something else of his? Yeah. Where like everybody just bought the tickets and didn't go. Mm-hmm. Was so CPAC or something like that, right? Yeah. So I mean, there's it. It just democratizes that and. What we're, what we're figuring out, what these content creators, I think, are figuring out is that if we're going to compete with TV, we got to produce like TV produces. Yeah. We got to, so I got to hire There's a reason editor. why it works, right? Right. I got to hire an editor. I got to hire a crew, a camera guy, a light guy, a sound guy, right? I got to pay this crew. We got to set this up. And these guys are, guys and gals, these content creators, they're taking these leaps. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of really good content coming from it. I think if you YouTube to me, especially with this writer's strike that we we just came through, because you got the the actors I think are still striking or I think so they haven't come out yet. I don't think. Yeah, we're not going to get very good TV for the next year and a half. Good thing I don't have TV. I mean, maybe we'll get another Breaking Bad, and we get that out of the strike. But we need a couple of years of this just to catch up on all the shit that we haven't been able to watch. How much shit out there is there out there in you? Just your your list, your list, not your kids, not any, yours and your wife's list. Me and my wife are combined. Sure. When you go through my list on on Netflix, so you know, which is the bigger list? The shit that you want to watch that haven't watched yet, or your list of unplayed games in Steam? Ah, oh, they're neck and neck. I'm sure. Right. They're neck and neck. I can tell you. I can tell you exactly how many games I've got on Steam, but they don't let you just kind of see how many things are on your list to watch. There's like, just keep scrolling, man. You'll find something. And then nine times out of 10, I find something that's not even on my list to watch. We've been watching the Midnight Club lately. Love it. So good. uh, I wish that Netflix's algorithm was not as aggressive. It's very aggressive because you ever... Bumped, you ever jumped into someone else's Netflix? Yeah. And been like, what? I've never seen any of this shit. Oh, the, the first time I went to an Airbnb and they're like, yeah, just use our Netflix. Don't worry about it. You want to talk about a weird Netflix? Yeah, one that like everybody uses? <laughs> we did a thing where we went to someone's house. But no, I watched it. Uh, yeah, go ahead. You went to someone's sorry. house. Family, it's just family member yeah. and they might be a little, a little Trumpy. Sure, you sure. Know? And, uh, 
She said, let's just start watching a bunch of weird shit on there. <laughs> just play about five minutes of it and go to something else. That, you, so why is why is keep watching Queer Eye for the straight guy? <laughs> no, no, no. The, the play there is go to all the South Korean stuff. Because if you watch like one or two South Korean shows, Netflix is going to throw it. Buddy, Kingdom, Kingdom fucked me up. Buddy, have I got something? Because Netflix has a huge South Korean catalog. So it's like as soon as you dip your toes in it, it's like, buddy. That's like that's like the guy going, hey, there's a beaded curtain here. You need to step in between yeah. and go in this back room. There is a there is a zombie show called uh, Kingdom. Yep, that's really good. Yep, but it it fucked my algorithm for a while. <laughs> there was a there was a German show that I watched that was English dubbed, mm-hmm. and the lips almost matched. And then I was like, wait, this is dubbed. This isn't right. And so then it was kind of weird the whole time. But now it's like, hey, we've got a lot of other English dubbed German stuff. And I was like, no, that's... I don't know. I'm good. I'm good. This this gets into weird territory. <laughs> yeah, this can be very odd for me. No, I'm, I'm, thank you, Netflix, but I'm good. <laughs> I don't need I don't need to watch a documentary on Mein Kampf. I'm good. But I did watch RRR. Have you seen this one? Nope. This is um, basically Bollywood Expendables. Okay. So it's probably ridiculous. It is amazing. It's no, it is well done. It is or it is, or like so bad it's good kind of thing. No, it's it's hard to explain. I've seen some terrible Bollywood clips. It has that Bollywood camp to it. Okay. It has that to it. But it also has like genuinely good filmmaking practices. Okay. Bollywood's a big deal, man. People shit on it because like there's some funny shit you find, but like they don't understand there's the same funny shit you'll find in American cinema too. Well, no, it's like with as a culture we don't understand that ending song and dance. But the reason we don't really kind of like they did at the end of the forty year old virgin. That's basically a Bollywood thing. Well, but it's all it's it's also the same thing they did for like um, Blazing Saddles. Yep. Right. That also was ran out of money. <laughs> No, but no, but that's that was a that was a common trope for movies, especially with like the lead who could sing, like singing in the rain, the musicals, things like that, is to just do a big a big music number at the end. It was whatever money we had left over, let's do a big number at the end, and that the money shot right. And Bollywood took that off as well because that's because they learned it from us. Bollywood is just aged cinema. Mm And then, but this RRR is like, have is well produced. It's RRR. All right. Let's see. It's three, like three and a half hours. It's, it's rough. It's long. It's a, wait, it's a movie or a show? It's a movie. RRR Hindi. Yeah. Okay. That I'll check it out. And it's, um, it, there's a dubbed version that's not too bad. Um, it looks interesting. The what no, but what did you run into? Especially? Three hours and five minutes. Yeah, I told you, dude. Holy fuck, dude. That's insanity. Anyway, sorry. But I got into I watched a uh my kids love cooking shows. My youngest he loves he loves watching cooking shows, especially like competitive cooking shows. And there was one where they were making pinatas. But it was it was it was produced in Mexico, and it was all Spanish-speaking, but it was dubbed in English. And it's fine. Kid loved it. We loved it. Megan Pianas, right? 
But then again, Netflix is like, oh, oh. you like English dubbed Spanish, Spanish. There's shows. a lot of it too. But here's the problem is like the same guy. I'm numb s- to it. My, my last name gives me away all the time. The same. No, but the problem with these overdubs for these particular ones is it's the same guy and the same girl doing all the voices. Raking in all the cash. They're doing all the voices. So yeah. like you're watching it and like there's three guys in a room and they all sound identical. That's hilarious. And they're probably paying that person so much money. I I wouldn't be surprised if it wasn't like AI or something. That's another thing. I wouldn't be surprised if it, or if it's not now it will be because hundred percent, hundred percent. It's, there will be no need for translators or, or, or other language dubbers. I want you have a transcript of the original and a good AI and they'll figure out how to vary, vary up the, the voices too. Well, the whole text of speech has gotten really good. You and, fucked with that. Do you have spot? You have Spotify, right? Not really. Dude, the Spotify AI DJ is crazy. Me and you messed with that yeah, yeah, last yeah. time you were on. And man, it's it's insanity, man. It's it's so weird. And what I was list what I was watching today, um speaking of YouTube content, you know, you you you've turned me on to Moist Critical a long time ago. Right. Um Charlie. Um he was talking about uh AI scams. It just came out a day or two ago. And there, there it goes again. I'm getting electrocuted. We're going to die. We're going to die. I hate this so much. It's been fun. Um, <laughs> but AI scams, they will absolutely fool our parents' generation. And some of, uh, I would say a lot of our generation too. Right now, the people that are falling for it most are very young or very old. I was about to say, the, the but news, they're getting better. The new scam that you need to be thinking about for the next generation, your child's generation, you know what they're going to get scammed on? IT support. Oh, yeah. Well, that, they're already kind of doing that. Because they're all iPad kids. They don't know how to. I had to say I saved my mom from IT support well, scam. Well, no. We've been saving our parents from IT for. No, I literally <laughs> saved her from. She called and she was like, she's like, so I'm kind of confused. I, we called, you know, we had this pop up come up and we called this number, you know, it was Apple and we called and they said that they could fix it if we sent them blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you didn't already do that transfer, did you? She goes, I, I did. And I was like, it was like, where he was, I, was, you know, I wasn't able to pay them all because we only had this much in our account and I don't get paid until Friday. I was like, you need to call the bank right now because Apple is not going to call you. Yeah. Windows is not going no. to fucking call you. Microsoft no. doesn't call. They don't no. make calls, man. No. I was like, luckily she called the bank in time and they canceled the payment. They set up a direct payment to these guys. I, account numbers and everything. There's a there's they were a, they were remoted into her uh-huh. machine while she logged into her bank. Uh-huh. There's a there's a guy named Kit Boga. Yeah, Kit Boga, yeah. And he he he's his big thing was he would Twitch stream and he would do just like the speedrunners would do mm. where he would have the gates. So like he would have because every scammer was set up the same, they would do the same thing. And so once the scammer started doing the reg edit thing, he would go, okay, there were 20 minutes into the call. 
and he would see how long he could stretch him. He he would see how long he'd keep him on the phone, and he would compare like, oh, this last one I kept he. It was forty five minutes before he ever even did the scan, the fake scan of my computer. Mm-hmm. But I showed that to my mom. I was like, I want you to see this for a second, and she watched it. Goes, oh, that's funny. And I go, hey, let's watch another one. And she watched the second one. And she goes, did you play another one or is that the same video? And I was like, hey, let's watch another one. So I made her kind of like watch three of them. Mm-hmm. And by the time we had watched three of these videos, she's like, is that the same scammer? And I go, no, three separate scammers. And she goes, but they're saying the exact same thing. They're doing the exact same thing. And I'm like, yeah, that's what they're trained to do. That's the script. And he's like, and he's just dragging them along. And I'm like, yeah. His latest thing he has is because he, he he makes them log into a virtual machine where he has complete control of it, right? Sure. So he has a website, his banking website, and his virtual machine has a uh, a capacha a cap captcha a cap, you know what I'm talking about yeah our captcha, and it's impossible. Like no no matter what you do, you can't get it. <laughs> and so like the the IT guys like logged into the machine, and then they're like they're trying to log into the bank account and everything. And he's like, we just got to get past this capacha and I'll, I'll transfer you the money. And he can't get through it. And you'll hear the guy just start getting pissed off on the other <laughs> end because he can't do it. And it's, and then you see other YouTubers that are different than Kit who are like, where Kit would, I would say would be the white hat. You see guys where like when he's, they're trying to lure their scammers onto the machine. Cause as soon as they get them on the machine, they tunnel back to the scammer. And they start like just deleting files off the scammers' computers. Mm. It sounds so delicious. And it's like you'll watch those and you'll hear them on the phone, like because they're like most of the time they're these aggressive Indians with broken English. So like their insults are like "you motherfucker," like "you are so dead, you motherfucker," "I will kill you, you motherfucker," "you are like, ass," <laughs> like, "you are ass." The the insult is "you motherfucker." <laughs> Like that is, they think that is the insult. And it's like, you, you a motherfucker. I'm that motherfucker. <laughs> and so you just hear them like going shit, just going ape shit after he's like deletes win.dir and the computer just starts slowly disintegrating. Slowly breaking itself. <laughs> um, I'm glad they get theirs. I'm glad. I don't think they get it enough though. Well, but the, the yeah, it's I'm I'm kind of like I'm kind of wondering, man, because it's like so so the big scams right now, like well, the newer scams right now are like a just AI video of hey, this is Mr. Beast, and you just want an iPhone, whatever. Mm-hmm. Click the link below, and we'll get you your new iPhone. You're you're one of you're one of one thousand lucky people that I'm hooking up with a with a brand new iPhone. I don't know. Mr. B seems like a scam from the word go to begin with. Like you see, you see like the Instagram clip or the whatever, like click on this link to claim a thousand dollars from Mr. Beast. And I'm like, no, that, yeah, that sounds like a scam. That looks like a scam, but like, no, like that could be a legit Mr. Beast thing. <sighs> so like everything he I does think he's past that though, he, he does seem a little bit more mature about his content. I mean, he like his 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 early thing used to be just going into random streamers and dropping a lot of money, and recording the video of the right. streamer freaking out, right? Like, so well, no, it got where it got off the rails or got huge, where the videos he would do with his friends, 
So he he would treat his friends like they were complete strange. The the concept of the video was his friends were complete strangers, and they were doing the hand on a, like hand on a hard body challenge. Right, put your hand on a truck. Last person pull their hands off the truck wins the truck. And so he would basically buy a truck, have his friends compete for the truck, video that, edit that drama, and then hope that video made enough money to cover the truck. Mm -hmm. Like that's the kind of weird shit he was pulling at the beginning. And like, so he would, he would borrow 26 K to buy a truck, do that, have the video make 150 K pay off the truck pay off the truck, and then he would then put another 100K into the next video he made. So the next one would be like, we're going to put $100,000 in this tornado machine, and my friends are going to grab cash. It's a, it's aggressive. And then, It's very aggressive investments. <laughs> right, but at the same time, you're like, is that legit? Like, is his friends actually getting this money? Or some money, they're probably not getting all the money, right? Or is it, hey, me and you are in business together making these videos? It's absolutely that, right? It's absolutely that, right? So, so there, there's like that legitimacy of it, but the kids don't see that necessarily, and so he has that allure. He, mm -hmm. he makes people think they can win these things. Yeah, and I, I, I don't know if they can. But then he has the good ones, right? Where he like pays for all the the eyesight. You know, you know, he has that kind of stuff. God bless him, Jimmy. He does shit that makes you think he's not on the up and up, and then he's not a horrible human being. So, and then when people shit on me, he's like, "Fuck you! <laughs> what are you gonna do?" Well, no, I like of all the videos to shit on Mr. Beast, you're gonna shit on the one where he buys eyesight. Of all the videos to you know, like you're gonna you're gonna shit on the one. You know what I mean? Yeah. But that's and and you know I don't know, it's weird. I'm just thinking when we were we were talking about the podcast and everything and I'm thinking about like how so many so many of these episodes and so much of what I talk about with other people is literally just discussing other people's content. Okay, so let's talk about something else completely different. So get me out of this pit. Throw me a rope. Throw you a rope. I need a rope. <laughs> I need um, a rope. This is surprisingly good, by the way. This You've is had, you haven't had Prince of Pilsen before? I not. I love a hoppy Pilsner or a hoppy lager when they dry hop something that doesn't need to be dry hopped, yep. but they do it anyway because you don't. sometimes you don't want to feel like ass and, and drink an IPA. Um, three Taverns out of Atlanta. They fucking kill it, man. If you get... That's, that's, a, that's a good date spot for you and the wife. Three Taverns? Their spot in Decatur is yeah. so fucking awesome. And then you yeah, go right down the street to my parents' basement. So it's a, get this, it's a bar, restaurant, uh -huh. comic shop, arcade. That does sound like a cool spot. Amazing. I think it used to be a Shoney's. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I got I to tell you, Chattanooga. Shoney's or Rafferty's or something like that. Chattanooga is quite possibly, I, I think it's it could be more fun than Nashville. The Chattanooga choo-choo. The whole situation. How's their beer these days? They had some terrible beer for a while. Um, Nashville beer is hard to beat. Yeah, it's it's 
the bars that we went to that served beer that was craft beer, it was not local. It was like Creature Comfort. It was stuff out of Nashville. <laughs> they were like, they're like, we got this spot down the road that's <laughs> <It's>, fucking incredible. <laughs> right. But like, what's great about Chattanooga is it's not as big as Nashville. Uh, it's the kids love it. There's lots of really, they got the aquarium, kids museum, zoo, rock city, uh, the cavern. Um, the little bit of time not, I've spent there is awesome. Ruby falls. You've got, yeah, They've got a soccer team. The, the sports teams there, they're fun from what I understand. They're downtown district. There's a nice bar restaurant scene. There was a, we walked by a bar that was pinball and it was like 25 bucks. All the pinball you can play all day. Hmm. I love those places. There was uh there was a glass blowing studio. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they didn't do walk-ins. You had to schedule it. But for like 65 bucks, you can blow an ornament or a vase. It's all a globe. That's a, about the size of a softball. For so for 65 bucks, you blow a globe the size of a softball. Pick your colors, do all that stuff. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And then they, you know, they have to anneal it whatever, so you have to come back the next day or they'll ship it to you. And it's that we were walking along. There's uh, the Moon Pie uh, Museum, which was kind of weird. Mm, um, they have RC Cola. Yeah. <laughs> there was, uh, but like just that downtown district is nice. We went to this little speakeasy called uh, Unknown Number. It was mm. recommended to us by the, the lady at the front desk at the hotel. And uh, the entrance is there's like a, an old English uh, telephone booth just out against the wall. And you just open the booth door, you walk in. And then there's a keypad, and it's instructions, dial the number on the keypad, and it opens up the door. And we realize what happens is when you dial the number on the keypad, it turns a light on on the other side of the door. So a bartender or a waiter, whoever, can come to the door and greet you, check your ID, and then seat you. That's cool. So they, they like, I've never been seated at a bar. It was kind of, you know. A, Red phone booth in uh, Atlanta is kind of like that. And the cocktail menu was like, just top notch. Sure. Uh, atmosphere was great. Probably have a nice smoked uh, old fashioned, I would guess. Yeah, something like that. There was, yeah. they were more cigars. No, no, okay. no smoking. It was more modern, like vibe. Okay. Than like old speakeasy with the jazz trumpet in the background, kind of. Sure. Thing. Um. But yeah, it was a fun little hole in the wall. Great cocktails. Uh, Chattanooga's got some good shit. Like, uh, you know, they're, I, I, I want to go back because I want to see how their beer has changed. But um, Chattanooga Brewing Company is right across there. There's literally the brewery, right. a road, and then the soccer pitch for their soccer team. Right. And so that's where you go to tailgate, clearly. It's like the most, the most brilliant spot for a brewery to be is directly across the street from a tiny street, too. It's not even like it's a big street. Um, from the soccer team. Do they make like a? They've got to make some like American lager. Just yeah, simple. they make some drinkables. Yeah, yeah, a lot more traditional stuff. Um, I, it's hard to remember because I was just kind of getting really into craft beer when we went there. I just remember it being like, hmm. you know, that was there's, that was when I was like really getting beers into beers. You really can't fuck up though. There are. Well, I mean, you can. <laughs> you you really talk can. about you want to talk about fucking up a beer? Okay. Fuck it up. Where were we? We were at a, me and my wife were at a bar or something. And we saw a guy, there were a couple of guys next to us and they ordered Michelob Ultras. It was at a restaurant. We're at a restaurant. We're sitting at a table, next table over. So we see two guys sit down. White, nice polos. 
Yeah, they're like douche nozzles. Okay, perfect. Uh, it matches. Uh, boomer douche nozzles. Yep, exactly. All okay. right, you're, you're you're hitting the demo. The Mick Ultra demo is right. strong. They order two Mick Ultra demos, uh, the, the, the two Mick Ultras, and then I see the waitress bring them glasses of ice. So I see a glass of ice sitting on a coaster, and next to it I see a bottle of Mick Ultra. And I think to myself... This motherfucker is about to pour his Mick Ultra over ice. And I'm like, no, he's not. Like, he's. How are you going to water down water? Uh, <laughs> is it not cold? I mean, it should be cold. And sure enough, he did it. And then my wife, who, by the way, is probably one of the least judgmental people you'll ever meet, leaned over to me and she was like, did he just pour beer on ice? And I go, yeah, yeah, he's that pussy. <laughs> That's just what the fuck. If I, I don't know. If you want to pour beer on ice, do it. If it makes you happy, do it. But apparently, if you're going to be that kind of person, you can't I don't know. You can't be you can't be white boomer McUltra guy. Mhm. And I like to drink my beer on ice. You can't be the same people. Those those two can't be the same people. The only time that I have seen where that might make sense, maybe. You have ice. You're pouring that beer into a Yeti because you're going to be on the hot, hot beach. And the Yeti won't let the ice melt that fast. I've seen that. I've given it a pass, but not into a glass at a restaurant. So this is what I do. I wouldn't do it. Like, but I like to, uh, especially with the weather being what it's been lately and it's getting a little cooler. So I'm hoping it warms up a little bit, but when the weather's been what it's been, one of my favorite things to do uh, is sit out underneath the stars when it's a good clear night. Nice 65 degrees. I put an audio book on and I'll sit and just sip a beer and listen to an audio book. But if I'm doing that, normally I want more than one beer. Mm. So I'll grab two, maybe even three beers. Okay. I just keep them on the, the six pack ring, pull them out of the fridge, tote them with me outside. If it's been an hour and a half between beer number one and beer number three, guess what temperature beer number three is? Warm. Is what it is. Yeah. Do I still I don't mind beer getting warm? Do I still drink it? Yeah, of course. Absolutely. Because you, you know what? Beer holds its carbonation. <laughs> it's delicious. It's not soda getting warm. But it's not drinking a hot beer. I've done that too. Yeah. We've all been been there. What well it's that mine was uh Texas redneck opening up uh, a case of beer that had been in the back of his truck and handing me one. Mm. And then he had one and he cracked it open and then started chugging it. And Did I, he crack it open with another beer? No. Okay. And then I'm holding it in my hand and I'm noticing it's warming my hand. That guy's hardcore. And I'm like... <sighs> that guy's hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> it burns! <laughs> I'm trying You're sipping to, it like a hot coffee. <laughs> trying not to be a bitch. <laughs> sipping it like a hot coffee. You're, you're, you're just you just 
Mm, let's talk about that for a second. Let's talk about let's talk about um, coffee. The, is the personality that drinks Mick Ultra until they're fucking blitzed, hammered. That takes a lot of Mick Ultra, by the way. And at that point, I'm kind of like, why are you doing that? Because you're still getting the calories you'd be saving. Is it a social thing? It's got to be a social thing, right? It's like I want to stay upright, but be drinking a beer. Well. I've, Why is McUltra the rich white guy beer? Well, there are times when I'm not paying attention to when I'm drinking, especially socially, where I'm just don't hang out with people who dip. I'm just fucking. I'm just fucking uh, 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 thirsty. Okay, you know what I mean. Yeah. So I just so I'll drink a beer till it's gone. I'm like, ah, oh, shit, that beer's gone. I'll drink another one. Ah shit, that beer's gone. I'll drink another one. You and feel then, like you drink more when you're in a in a group, like I can because you're yeah. waiting. You're you're sitting there listening to someone talk, so you're doing. I got to do something with my hands. Uh, well, I mean, I'll drink my beer, and then and you'll look around the table, especially if we're drinking out of pint glasses, right? You look around the table and you kind of judge, and we, everybody kind of no one. We got to catch up to Carl, man. Carl's at the bottom. Well, it's not a catch up, but like you're just you're just you want to time the next round right because there's there's. There's the weird thing where I'm half a beer, you're you're less than quarter of a beer. Waitress comes by, says, everybody want a new round? And I'm like, I'm a half a beer, I don't need another round, I'm good, thanks. But by the time everybody at the bar gets their beer, guess what I need? Another round. I so, usually just get one anyway. I'm so now, like, yeah, so now you're Because when that guy. one shows up, I'm just like, ah, yeah. all right. Because you don't want to be that guy out of the rotation, right? Yeah. Because uh, if you're going to get out of the rotation, you're going to have to set out the whole rotation. Yeah. My problem is. But so, so the Mick Ultra stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I can just see that's they're on the golf course. They want to drink something and not get drunk, maybe. But then why not make them four percenters? But if you want like a low calorie beer, if they could make Coolers Light or Bud Light taste exactly the same, but make it like twelve percent. Miller Light. Or Miller Lite. Miller yeah. Lite's the one. Why aren't people just... Why aren't... Michelob Ultra people should be drinking Miller Lite. It's but, a better tasting beer. It's not very high in ABV. It's only a few more calories. Yeah. If you're going to be like, oh, I'm yeah. watching my girlish yeah, figure. Fuck off. Like, you're drinking Mick Ultra, dude. Like, come on. If you're watching your girlish figure, you're eating, you know... You're eating a fucking saltine and drinking a vodka soda. The Mick Ultra can itself is pretentious. Like goddamn Virginia Slims. You know what I mean? Like Slim 100s, baby. Be a, be a reasonable can. Give me them 100s. No, I. What was the first cigarette you ever smoked? Um, what brand and style? It was Camel. Um, just a just a regular Camel Light. Filter. Camel Light. Okay. That was my first. Um, and then, you know, you, you, once you, once you get past those first couple, then you start experimenting with like, which ones you want. And I went with the Marlboro for a while, the Marlboro Red, Marlboro Light, the 76 or 87 or whatever it was. Uh, and then the, the Turkish gold, Turkish gold came out and then Turkish, like the Royale Turkish gold was like and, uh, so much nicotine. And when those, when <laughs> the those first came, one I ever had, I was like. When those came out, it was like the, that was the cigarette, and then we still experimented. I, I I remember trying like American Spirits, 
Like that was that was not a cigarette break cigarette. <laughs> that I was I think a, American Spirits only made it because everyone's like was like I want to look cool. That well no I, that, like it was literally like the I I'm a smoker but I want to look like I'm an independent smoker. Well, it was a nice cigarette because it took you the same amount of time to smoke one American Spirit as it took like your friend to smoke three Turkish Golds. Are you the yellow or the blue pack? Yellow. Yellow pack? Yeah. Everybody I knew smoked the blue pack. And then uh, the parliaments. The parliament lights were a favorite of mine. Parliaments were big for a hot the, second. The dugout filter and the, yeah, the parliaments. Yeah, it's got the little was, the recessed filter. And the parliament lights was, if I wasn't smoking Turkish gold, I was probably smoking parliament lights for the longest time. You ever fuck with Lucky Strikes? Not really. I did for so when I worked at the golf course, we sold camel lights and then we sold camel unfiltered. But we didn't sell camel regular filtered. So guys would come in and go, Do you have cigarettes? And he'd go, Yeah. The kid behind the counter who didn't smoke and didn't know any better go, Yeah, I got camels and camel lights. And the guy go, Give me a pack of the camels. He'd sell them the cigarettes. They'd open it and realized it was unfiltered. Mm. And they would just like, Whatever, and give it back to the kid and get a pack of camel lights. So every once in a while when that happened, the kid would be like, hey, you want this pack of cigarettes? And I'm like, hell yeah. So then I'm smoking camel, you know, like unfiltered on the, the golf course. I always had like a pack, a pack and a half stashed in the uh, the golf cart shed of these camel unfiltered. Yeah. And I could barely smoke half of one of those. It was, you know. How but, crazy is that? But I didn't care because it was a free cigarette. So you just didn't. You didn't. At the time, like you get, you get in where you fit in, like, you know, it saved me a little bit of money, whatever. How crazy is it, like, how much smoking cigarettes has changed? And the fact that you just don't see it. I mean, you see it, but you don't it's see it like you used to see so. it. It's still it's still in the same cultures it was in. Like, it's still in that punk rock, that towny culture. It's still... Little bit. Little bit. Gen Z doesn't... Gen Z vapes a fucking ton. Those, those they call them elf bars or whatever it is. Those fuckers are making bank. Gen Z... I so, love those elf bars. Those little, those they just will suck. Oh, those the vape night. bars? Yeah, those little. They look like they have different colors and like weird flavors, and it's all in one. Do just, you remember? Remember? Wasn't there a place here in town that did that for a little while? Like when we were younger, you could go and do this, and like they actually, I think they actually existed in a place where you couldn't smoke, but it was like it's vape. No one cares. Like that's what it kind of started off with is like just you can vape indoors it doesn't matter it's like because because georgia had those laws where you couldn't smoke indoors or yeah. they, and so until until 11 o'clock and then you would be at the bar and all of a sudden they start putting out the ashtrays at 11 p.m right <laughs> like what good is that what is happening right now um so but it was no but that was a man the vape thing's going to be another thing. I think the energy drink thing's going to be another thing when, as as we get older. It's going to be a problem for people. Uh, I like energy drinks. It's no, I, it's no different than a coffee, really. It's the same. I like them too, but I feel like the chemicals that are in it are probably going to be a problem later. Oh yeah, like the preservative, like like we haven't done like like what was it like they didn't do all the studies about what Teflon could do to us and then they were like, "Uh, mm -hmm. I think that there's going to be a lot of, uh, I think our generation is going to have a lot of heart problems. A lot more, a lot more than I think, because you had like, you had the, where it was pretty damn common in the seventies and eighties for someone to just drop of a heart attack. There was a lot of awareness and it got better. I think it's going to be back down 
with our generation just because energy drinks and because honestly beer um the resurgence of like the brew pubs and all that stuff i think it's gonna be i think it's gonna gonna happen man i don't know uh. but i i will say if you go to a concert now, like I went to a concert a couple weeks ago. Sure. By, so I went and saw Jimmy Eat World at uh, at, at the Georgia Theater. With the, with the Wiffle? Huh? The wife. The wiffle. Oh, yeah, with the Wiffle. Yeah, yes. Um, and, and that was great. Sold out show. Excellent. Everybody there, roughly our age. It was like, okay. Do you guys just hang out downstairs or do you guys go up to the balcony? We started, we watched the opening band uh, called The Pauses up in the uh, balcony. Uh, and then we went downstairs for for Jimmy. Uh, we stored stood toward toward the back. You know how you know how the theater is. Yeah. Stored toward the back, in between the two uh, bars. Perfect view. So you're looking over the soundboard, right over the soundboard. That's a good. Spot. I like to be right over the soundboard, or I like to be right in front of the soundboard. Yep. Um, I like to be up front and center. Like I like to be close. You push, yeah. I don't push. I'm. A, you gotta push to get up there. I'm a fucking gentleman. I get on time, or I don't do it. Um, great show. Yeah. In juxtaposition. Uh huh. The next night. So hold on. Let's talk about Jimmy Eat Roll. Let's talk about it. So good quality set. Played the faves. The band's been together 30 years. Right. They got together in 1993. They're still doing it. Mesa, Arizona. Incredible. I've actually got a book for you to borrow when you leave tonight. Um, they're part of it. Um, they sounded great. The pacing was perfect. Up, down, up, down, up, down. Strong up. Finish it out, right? Right, right. Crowd was way into it. Band sounded fucking phenomenal. I mean, it's, it's the sounds you get from a band that hasn't broken up in 30 fucking years that are but, still doing their shit. Pretty locked. Bro, no elaborate sound show. No, no elaborate uh, fucking stage show. It was just like they had like a kind of a, a cool looking background. It reminded me you brought cartography earlier. It's uh it's the fucking what's the what's the one with all the lines? With all the elevation lines. That's oh um what, what kind of yeah, map like is that? Like a relief map. It's kinda like a relief map. It has all the lines. Kinda looks like a fingerprint, but it's you know, uh -huh. you can tell it's elevation shit. Um so it kinda looked like that, but it was super very, very taste tasteful, right? Um band sounded good. Um they just have an impressive catalog, dude. How about, how about the people in the theater you were with? Crowd okay? Crowd was great. Well behaved? Dude, everybody was there. Like, everybody was in in the moment. Was, like it, you had, was it general, same age as you, a bunch of 40-somethings? In general, yeah. You know, 30s to 40s. Um, you know, everybody who was hitting hitting those cylinders in fucking high school and, and college, you could absolutely see that show at the 40-watt having the same crowd of people, but at that time kind of thing, right? Like, same still instant intensity just in just in it right bro the whole crowd was just going crazy great great show yeah jimmy bring jimmy world brings it down sounds great brings it back up everybody's singing like they're just one of those bands right. you know if you don't know all the words you know the chorus mm -hmm. and that's all a band can really strive for right i want to be able to pause the music and let the crowd scream the chorus back at of me course. at one point right that's the dream. Absolutely. If you're an artist, that's the dream. Yeah. Sing my lyrics back to give me. Give me 80 to 95% of the crowd singing that shit back to me, and I don't give a fuck about the other 10, 15%, right? Right. Um, it, was, it was a good show. The theater was a perfect sh perfect place for them. They even said on stage like they were really happy they got to come and, and sell out in Athens. They hadn't played Athens before. 
Um, or they had they have played Athens before. They played the forty watt, but they hadn't played the theater before. That's the perfect room for them too. Mm, so good. So juxtapose, juxt juxtapose, Ju- juxt. You know it. You know juxtapose. P- no, <laughs> I know it. And if you said it, they go, yeah, that's what I said. Juxt- so I will juxtapose. Yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so I will juxtapose the, uh, the show I went to the next night. Yeah. Bands were still good. Everything uh, was still fine. All right. Uh-huh. So it was at the loft in Atlanta. Okay. It's a very different venue. Very different venue. Pretty much like a, like a 40 watt masquerade situation, right? Yeah. Low ceiling. Low ceiling. Very flat. Not, not much. Lots of utility tilt. pipes like coming along. Right. Like, um, right. So there's for those that haven't been to Atlanta, there's, you know, you have all sizes of venues in Atlanta, but this one is a one building three venue. You have center stage, which is like a, almost like a in the round type of situation, right. like a half circle. Yep. Right. Then you have the loft, which is a small room. I mean, just, it's just a small room. It's a small probably rectangle. Yeah. 500. I wouldn't want one more bathroom. Like, yeah, I wouldn't want more than six, seven, 700 people in there. Yeah. I would say somewhere between the 750 and maybe, maybe a thousand range, right? 750 to 950, right? Yeah. That's crowded. I wouldn't want to be that. It was sold out. Yeah. That was, it was, it was tight. Um, there was room in the back. Like you could, you could, you could get, you could cool off, but so, um, and then you also have uh vinyl, which is there. I think it's called vinyl and it's just a slightly bigger room. It's like an in-between room. So they're at the loft. Show has been upgraded from the Masquerade, which they sold out in no time to this room. Okay. So they were supposed to play the tiny room at the Masquerade. Um, the band headlining was called Invent Animate, uh, American band, uh, Swedish lead singer. Okay. Um, this was interesting um, in the fact that the there were four bands on the bill. The very first band was called Aviana from Sweden. Okay. Um, the lead singer of the headlining band used to be the lead singer for the very opening band, which I was like, I don't know if I've ever been to a show where this was the case. Yeah. Long time ago, 10 years ago, 12 sure. years ago. Um, this was a, Aviana was one of these, uh, one of these bands where lead singer left to go to this band and uh-huh. band animate new guy comes in rest of band leaves. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. So, he takes it on as like a solo project where he just hires his musician. He writes everything and he hires the musicians around him. But are they playing the old Avionics? Or whatever they have the some of the Avion, Aviana songs, right? Um, but a la Ghost, you don't know who these musicians are. Masks, hooded hooded cloaks. The only person you see is the fucking... Uh, you got an MF Doom situation here. Absolutely. Absolutely. They're all black they're rocking out they're doing great right they got like they got like uh, it almost looks like someone spray painted uh fucking uh v for vendetta sure uh the the uh guy fox the guy fox guy fox masks black basically okay um they're good really really good second band is a band called throne not not king's throne but throne as i've thrown this off the building right yeah a hardcore band um out of sweden um, very young kids. Like you could tell they were, they might be 21. They're probably like 20, 21, 22. Maybe some of them are 19. Remind me a lot of uh young hate breed. Okay. Really fucking heavy. Like just devastating. 
devastating to the mosh pit kind of thing, kind of situation, right? Um, which brought me to my my realization of like the mosh pit. I'm not talking about like everybody together kind of shoving back and forth and, and, and kind of pushing back. I'm talking about where like it spreads out and you have slam dancers that are just like kind of running through and swinging yeah, their arms crazy. Pit, yeah, they're, they're, they're swinging their arms crazy. It's like the biggest waste of space ever. <laughs> I get it. I understand. But like being older and having gone to so many shows, you now, now I like look at them just kind of like, these guys are fucking idiots, man. Like they were like, it's just youth, right? It's youth being crazy and having fun. And that, and I wasn't shitting on it, but I was kind of like, it really is distracting to make sure I'm not getting hit in the side of the face when I'm trying to watch the band. Um, and it, and for some reason, this, this was even when I was younger, it didn't matter where I positioned myself in the crowd. For some reason, the pit would open up where I'm at. <laughs> and, um, I don't know. It was just. It was just kind of. Yeah, but you've seen the footage of some of those crowds, and maybe not in a room like Loft. <laughs> no, they split the room and they did the battle run at each other. But you've seen that where they split the pit and then run, and it's it's just just opening the floor and then smashing it together just seems impressive. It's very cool. I feel like it wasn't. That's that's almost become like a hardcore meme, right? Where like now they call for it like yeah. several times, and it's like, no, nah, this is something that like normally has to like let itself happen. Like you see, all of a sudden you just see like everybody talking to each other and just like let's split the pit up, let's fucking do this. But you had like the lead singer, like the lead singer of the first band, being like, "I need you guys to split the room this way and this way." I'm like, "This is the fucking loft, man. Are you gonna really do this in my basement?" Yeah, <laughs> no. Um, that, but I mean, it's 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 the classic, right? Where you know, like a little bit softer now. Let's all get low, a little bit louder. Just controlling the crowd. It's it's, it's, it's the yeah. the Eddie Murphy Deo, right? Not Eddie Murphy. Uh, Eddie uh, 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 Mercury, the planet. Freddie Mercury. Freddie Mercury. Sure. Yeah, I was there. Yeah. I was Eddie, like, come on, man. Eddie Murphy. Eddie Mercury. Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> like it was that it was that that challenge where you have to change a letter each time. <laughs> You just got Vanna White in your fucking brain. No, 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 motherfucker. <laughs> She's just flipping the flipping it back. F F R F R. <laughs> um, yeah, but it, I well, obviously my my favorite metal thing they do is the the Viking rowing. That is, I know you've seen funny. footage of that. Yeah, that, that is that is Chef's kiss. Just. Viking rowing to a song, just come on. It's pretty hilarious. I, I didn't actually so the pit the pit guys like in the slam dancers didn't bother me as much as <sighs> but, the, but see normally you talk about the, the pit opening on you. That's why like normally I like being front and center. Yeah. Like on the rail or two or three people off the rail. Now I had to fight the I had to fight the move with the crowd and, and sure. being smashed in. Sure. You had to pay attention to what was going on. Yeah. But the pit didn't open up next to you. <laughs> no, that's true. It's true. But you had to worry about getting kicked in the back of the head. Sure. Crowd surfers. Oh, yeah. I just want a good vantage point. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just want a it good is, vantage it, point. It, it's, you're showing your age, my friend. I, I feel it. I feel it. <laughs> what bothered me more wasn't even the, the moshers or the slam dancers. Sure, like, sure. I was like, I was like, I understand. This is a young man's game. Even when I was young, I really didn't fuck with the pit all that much. No. 
Because I was I was more interested in watching the band perform. I'm I'm kind of a pussy too, but yeah. I mean, it's I, fine. I, I don't, I, I don't, I don't feel like getting a black eye or a busted tooth, right? right. I get it. Um, it was being on, and I don't even mind. Like, honestly, if, as long as I'm on the backside where I can see the band, I don't even mind being on the outside of the pit. I was on the outside of the pit pushing people back in. Right. Like, I don't mind being that guy. I almost caught elbows to the face, but you just push the people back Keep in. It's about you. What I can say is, everybody's very respectful. If somebody falls, they were up immediately. It's a different mosh pit. These kids, these kids have learned from our mistakes. Nobody, nobody lets anyone stay on the ground. Everybody makes sure people were dropping shit. People were holding up phones. Like whose fucking phone? Like whose glasses? Like all this shit, right? Fine. I'm fine with it. I just know that, you know, at that, that point in my life has passed, right? The thing that bothered me was like, there was, there's almost always, and it happened with every band that night. There's almost always some people on the outside of the pit that was like that have an excuse for why they're not jumping in. They're talking to the people that were like, I, mean, I want to get in there, but man, I just, someone spilled something there and it's slippery or I want to get in there, but I just, you know, I, my fucking neck, is, my, I got something, uh, I got my, my shoulders been, you my know, sciatica's right, right, right. I now. fucking, I got pulled something when I was playing badminton at the fucking, we were playing pickleball down the street. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I got, I got to be in shape tomorrow for my pickleball turn. No, I it, tore my pick finger blasting your aunt last night and I just can't go in. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll even give them fine. Say it once, but he like these three guys kept bringing it up to the girls they were with as to why they weren't going in the fucking It's like, Bro, we get it. You don't want to get fucking owned in front of these girls you came with. Stop fucking bringing it up because it's making you look worse. Anyway, that aside, that in 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 going back and being an average height male, you just realize there are just fucking tall people and they're going to find a way to stand in front of me. <laughs> in a flat room. They're just going to find it's, a well, way. It's a flat room. It's it's they're good, but but these were like I'm staring at the backs of shoulders. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like I'm like, come on, man! And like I would find a good vantage point, and you get the one guy who's like really sweaty, but he's like doing that that wa that waver thing where he's like he's like kind of like shuffling one way and shuffling the other. She's like, motherfucker! I just want to see. Um, it was interesting, but the so so it was a lot of younger kids. Like these bands are now right now that size. So I remember going to the masquerade when oh, you yeah. were younger. Caledonia Lounge. Caledonia, like it's, these are these are young kids that are checking out these bands. I remember being this young kid. Uh, the the above bookstore. That's what that was. Mm -hmm. And that was a that was concerts in a room this size, yeah. full of kids just smashing around. Well, you know, and I'm I'm researching these bands going in because I, I I don't know I like to research especially the smaller bands see what the fuck they're doing right, and like some of these bands you look at their their Instagram from two nights before and they're playing at a fucking laundromat, like they've just got a back room at a laundromat, yeah, and they're just they threw that up, was threw the up DIY, some amps. that was the DIY scene it was just I love it I love that shit right, so that's why I like going to see those smaller bands I do notice. You do, you do see that there's a very, a very big mental block in, in an age group, right? Where it's like, okay, these kids obviously haven't lived a whole lot of life. And I, and in my, in my head, I was like, God, at this age, we're all just fucking idiots. Mm -hmm. We're all morons. Like you're just hearing the conversations going on around you between bands and stuff like that. Um, it, but the, the, the amount of vaping that was going on, I was like, 
I remember going to shows and it was just all cigarette smoke. Oh yeah. But the amount of vaping was going on, I was like, I was like these bands don't even have fog machines. Like this is literally just a haze of everybody's vape just, smoke. Just a mango mint haze. Well, a whole lot, a whole lot. I mean, and we, we, me and I both know what a, what a marijuana vape smells like. Oh yeah. There was a lot of that ton of it. Different world, man. Just a different fucking world. And it, there were just some odd instances in the night and I'll get back to the bands in a second, but there were some odd instances in the night where like, it's a very white crowd. You know, it's a heavy metal show. It's a very, very white, young, uh-huh. mostly male crowd. That's uh-huh. always gone to those shows. But then all of a sudden this like trap rap would come on and you see this very aggressive rapping along with the trap rap music. And I'm just kind of like, what the fuck is going on, man? Like, it feels so weird. It feels so odd. Yeah. Like, it's not that I have any pro. I love hip hop, but sure. it's like, I'm at a metal show and I just don't expect people to be going fucking ape shit in the song, during the songs in between the bands. Right. And, uh, I, 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 I got some bad news for you, man. Mm. I think you're too old for rooms that size. I don't think I am. I just, I, just I, I think, I think if you saw the same bands mm-hmm. with the same fans at like, say an outdoor festival mm-hmm. or at an outdoor venue, like, uh, um, uh, what's that amphitheater at North, uh, Chastain. Sure. If you, if you, if you saw the same band, same lineup, even the same fans at, at venues like that, you had a better experience. I had a I had a great experience. I'm just saying, like it was. I hadn't been to that side. Like, and I'm sure those these things existed when I was at the smaller oh, venues. Yeah. You know, because I went to several shows at the Masquerade, but like there were just some odd moments. Like, have you ever been in a room that sang "Sweet Caroline" or um, yeah, or um? A journey song, Don't Stop Believing. Sure, sure. Everyone's going fucking crazy, right? Right. This room did that for Mr. Brightside by the Killers. Yeah. Like it literally, like it came on while we're waiting on a, what they're doing, the band setting their shit up. Set up and it music. came on and like half the room kind of screamed, like, yeah. Like the band was coming on and then 85% of the room was singing the song. I was like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> it was just so weird. It's a different, yeah, that's a, They were singing it like it was Sweet Caroline at the fucking baseball field in yeah, Boston. Yeah. I was like, what is going on? It's just a party, man. It's a it's a different It is. It is. It's a different uh I think part of it too, and we were kind of touching on it earlier, was a, like it's different goals, right? Well, Gen X had Gen X and and Millennials had this thing of of I mean, yeah, you could be young and be kind of wild, but I feel like there was a, there was a, I don't want to be, cause cringy wasn't even a thing at that point. It was like a, I, you know, you want to be subdued at the same time. You don't want to be like, so you don't want to be the spaz. That's what we, there was like yeah. a spaz, right? Yeah. But like Gen Z is all spaz. And like, it was just so foreign to me to be around that much spaz, right? You, you see a, a Gen Z person every now and then that's spazzing the fuck out, but to be in a whole crowd of them they are doing, right. I'm just kind of like, I'm scratching my head like, what the fuck is going on? It's, yeah, 
Um, the spaz thing is something that was like you tried to avoid when we were younger. I I see it with my daughter. Yeah, and just like I don't know, we figured it out yeah. as a society or a group of people or whatever it was. We figured out how to teach the young kids that it just doesn't fucking matter. It's a good thing, right? And then, like, everybody's been saying it doesn't fucking matter, and, like, I think they finally believe it. And so then they just, they're themselves, and they can be weird, and they're okay with being weird and spazzing out. And then I guarantee it was probably a group of friends that were there, probably, like, eight or 12 people, right? And they're like, we love Mr. Brightside, and they cheered, right? And then they started, they started just all singing along. So then the 12 of them are singing along, and then it comes with a hook. So then, like, the... 24 people around those 12 people are singing the hook, right? So now the, the hook comes around the second time, and it, it's it's more than 48 people singing. Now it's like 130 people, 200 people singing. Yeah. That, that, is that, am, am I describing it pretty accurately? It was pretty strong on the outset, but I could have been close to that group you're talking about, maybe. <laughs> I mean, it was not a big room either. Yeah, well, no, and it's the loft is... Well, I'll say this. Most of the things I've seen in the loft have been of like these acoustic singer songwriter, like not very good sets, <laughs> but <laughs> it's a weird room. It's not, I don't know. It's not my favorite venue in Atlanta. It's, it's cinder blocks painted black. I mean, it's not like it's, and it's got two bars set up in it. It's like it's not, no, the, the main room there is much better. Oh, center stage is wonderful. I've seen, I've seen huge acts at center stage. I've seen MMA fights at center stage. Like there's some good stuff that goes on. But yeah, but the loft is a, a hard room. But, that's, um, but that, but then if you're going to be a hard room, you have to have some like, like the Caledonia is a hard room. Mm. But there's that. That's the appeal to the Caledonia, in my opinion, was that it was it was this hole in the back of an alley that was loud, louder than it had any business being. It was, um. It was it was very interesting, and you know, just to watch, and and, and I and I forgot that feeling too, because I hadn't been to like smaller shows in so long, uh, a small show like that in so long, where it's like I connected really, I connected pretty well with the first band. Throne was awesome. They were they were one of the other bands I really wanted to see. They were fucking great. And then the third band was Void of Vision, out of Australia. And they kind of had this like Lincoln Parky type thing going on, only yeah. a little more hardcore, like right, uh, only a little a, a little less fucking polished, right? Hoobastank? No, 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 no. They were they were way more screaming. <laughs> they had they, you know they had the the guitar player that was the singer, the clean singer, and right. then they had just the rest of the band, and then they had the the one the one front man that was just running around the stage being crazy, right? Um. It, doing doing the dirty vocals right and i just couldn't connect and i think part of it was they were one of those bands that for some reason they like for their double bass to sound like it's going through tweeters like it has a pew, 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 yeah. pew, 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 and i couldn't unhear it so i couldn't hear the rest of what they were doing because like the, the, the audio, double bass the was sending the bass drum was bad. The double the double bass was sending these signals through my brain that was just like you ever watch something. Remember back in the day, you would watch like antenna TV and lightning would strike and it would fuzz the whole uh -huh. picture and then it would come back. Right. It was that but the double bass. <laughs> well, but also the one thing I don't like about drummers with double bass pedals. Pew, 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 pew. 
is they're like, oh, well, every note I'm playing, I'm playing four of them. Yeah. So instead of like yep. thud, 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 it's they're not doing a Danny Carey like Danny Carey knows how to use a double bass right yeah. like you know he knows like it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be constant it's like salt and pepper bud it's it's kind of fucking wild you, gotta, right? you just gotta just sprinkle it in you just gotta know when to, when to pour it pour it on in a breakdown that's fine does it have to be running at full speed during the fucking during the fucking build up no um but I couldn't connect with the band, so I, I, you know, even trying to drown out the double bass, I couldn't connect. With the band. The, but the headliner, the one you were there to see, in Van Animate. I mean, I sent you, I sent you yeah. guys the, the that's like Did a they kind disappoint? of a, a shoe. They're like a shoegazy. If you haven't checked them out, like uh, check them out in Van Animate. Um, shoegazy. Uh, they kind of have like a Lincoln Park thing to them a little bit. Some singing and then some really good screaming. Um, they were they were tight. They were re they sounded really good. They've been a band for ten years, and they're just now getting some notoriety and selling out places. Right. And uh, their drummers from Atlanta. I didn't know that. Um, and it was just cool to see. Like you, you, you've ever been to a, like a show? Most of these were back in the day of like a band that hadn't blown up yet. Sure. But you're like, holy fuck! I'm glad I'm here in this tiny room seeing this band play because this will never happen again. I saw against me like that. Yeah. Before he blew up, I saw him play the above bookstore and it was it was weird. Like this person is another fucking I kind saw, of human. Uh Saint Paul and the Broken Bones before they blew up. I saw him at uh, a blues festival. It was wild. Um the last time I like discovered a band, like we were at a blues festival, we were we were at a music festival and there was a particular artist we wanted to go see. So we knew that if we wanted to go see this artist, we need to go basically make our way to that artist at the uh, beginning of the previous band set. Yeah, you start working your way over there. Right. Yeah. So we had no idea who the previous band was. We just worked worked our way over there, and it was the Black Pumas. Mm -hmm. uh, they got that song Colors. I don't know if you've heard it. Mm -hmm. Really nice. But it was we weren't really paying attention to them. We were kind of like – it was kind of also like a dinner break. Yeah. So like we got our spot and then one person went to go get food from a food truck and come back. And then another one of us went to a different food truck to get something different and come back. And then we kind of had a little picnic. Just right? a little bit of posturing. You're trying to like. Mm. And yeah, while one's gone, you're kind of yeah. trying to be big. Yeah. And then you come back and you had a little picnic, right? Waiting for the next band to come. And like, I'm sitting here kind of posturing and I'm like. <laughs> These guys are like a fucking rooster. These guys are pretty good. I'm I'm liking this. Caw, caw, caw. I'm liking this. Keep on. <laughs> Keep and I'm dancing and people are giving me space and I'm like, I ain't gotta be big. We just gotta get down. <laughs> and it was uh, they were good. It was good. And it was it's but I haven't discovered it was them and Warren Treaty were the last two bands like that that I had no idea who they were. Just at a festival, heard them playing, and it was just just floored me. Just like wow, what am I listening to? I got to pay attention right now. Yeah, there's weirdness like that, man. But like going to see that, going to see that band, and I was because I was I, I, I tried hard to find someone to go with. I was like, does anyone want to go with me to this fucking show? And no one did. So I got one ticket. Like it's the first time I've been to a concert by myself in a long fucking time, 
And I was like, I guess I'm just fucking going, man. Like that's it's not commitment. That is commitment, man. But 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 here's the thing. Cause that I, was, I, I that told, was commitment to a good time. I told someone else I was, I was, I was going to the show. I was like, wow, that sucks. I was like, I was like, I mean, a little bit because you don't get to share the experience, but also you don't have to like look out for someone, right? Oh no, it's just you. It's just you. But like you don't, you like you look and like you know. say so you take the wife at, at the same time though. You can't let loose. You can't. <laughs> Absolutely, you cannot. So I can't get plastered or anything like that. But like, you don't have to be like, you okay? You good? Like when you go with the wife, you check you check on your other, right? You you always do. When you go with friends, you go like, all right, well he's gonna go in the pit. Hopefully he doesn't get knocked out because then I'm gonna miss the show because I'm trying to take care of this guy. Right. right. Or hopefully he doesn't get too drunk because I'm gonna have to take his ass to the fucking bathroom so he can throw up while they're playing the song. Right. Right. Um. So it's good and it's bad. Right. You know, you don't get to share that experience with anyone. Like, I'd be like I, I like, I do like having a friend there and being like, holy shit, dude, they're melting faces right now. Oh, no, there's, I get that. I, I run into that sometimes being on the road and I'll go to a bar by myself and then there'll be a band there playing at the bar. It's just some local, you know, drum and guitar kind of thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I was at one and it was, it was, yeah, it was just a drum and guitar, a, a regular Meg and Jack White. Sure. Playing White Stripes and uh, Iggy Pop and, you know, punk stuff like that. And it was like, I'm just sitting there and I'm like, fuck yeah, I know this song. It's good as shit. Drinking beer, partying. I'm like, and I'm just there on my phone, like texting my friends. Like, you're not going to fucking believe what this. And I'm taking pictures and I'm like, yeah, there's nothing more I'd rather have than somebody sitting next to me going, yeah. Even just like the when you look over at your friend and be like, fuck me. Like that, that head nod, and then you just go back to watching. But luckily, the bartender there was just as into the band. So, like, yeah. we'd be sit, I'd be sitting there in the band ago, and I look at the bartender, and I was like, "Yeah," and he's like, "I know, right?" Like that was that was what we were getting, and it was yeah. And, and I try to like when I'm on the road by myself, like I'll seek out like those dives like that, especially on a Wednesday or Thursday night. Can't go wrong. The worst thing to do by yourself is Dave and Buster's. Just don't do that. Oh, God, no. That's not a by yourself thing. Overpriced food, overpriced beer. The video games by yourself like that, it's not fun. Find something else. Um, Yeah, I just, I don't know. I was, it was cool. And I knew I knew I, that was like my chance to see them in a small situation. Because I was like, they're going to come back around and at, at best they'll be at the Tabernacle, right? So I was like, I'm going to go. Like, I got to go check it out. You know, I feel bad now. Cause I feel like I just like old man shit all over that show, but I didn't mean to. What we need is people, our generation making new music. We need like 40 year olds who didn't form a band to form a band and then play the music we want them to play. There's a couple of bands out there like that. I'm going to see can't swim in Belmont in uh that sounds like fun in hell. I might have a ticket. <laughs> the person I was originally going to go with is like, is like, I might not be able to go. And uh, that could be fun. It's masquerade. Yeah. Um, but they kind of, they're kind of doing that uh, pop punky emo type thing where they kind of have this. Uh, they kind of have this boys night out meets uh, both bands kind of have this boys night out meets newfound glory type right, situation. Right. And it's really good. Very Asbury Park. Okay. Very Asbury Park. Fun. Yeah. Early 2000s. Um, hell. I mean, tickets aren't that much. So. 
Maybe he can even be part of the trio if, he, if the guy can go. You know, I would I know. love that. That'd be fun. Um, but I, I'm, I agree. I think that. But I think that you know, obviously, people our age fall into that same well, crevasse that we fall into, where it's like, well, I know what I know. Well, the other, th- well, you know, you say that, but that's it's no matter what venue or what concert I go to, you're always going to be surrounded by like a couple of people that say something that's just like, like you're just like, what the, what the fuck am I standing next to? Like, come on. And it's, and I was like, and why is, if if this, if if this entire crowd, 10% of it is stupid, why is the entire 10% standing right next to me? Um, I've, I've been in those situations and it's, uh, Dave Matthew band is a great band to watch live. If you can watch them live by yourself. Yeah. Because Dave Matthews band fans. That's most concerts to me actually now. <laughs> Dave Matthews band fans are like some of the worst. Just I, I've some of the worst I've run into. But and then but I've run into other fans where they've been just nice and friendly and fun and we're all here to have a good time and it's and then there's that community and whatnot. And it's it's weird. I've been in those situations where like you're outside of that community because of your age, like where you're in a punk rock dive bar, but I'm the 40 year old bald guy sitting on the end. Right. Hardcore kids call them old heads. Right. And it's, you're outside of that culture. So you're outside of what that fun is. You're, you're not, you're not into the ritual. You got shit to lose. You got a kid at home. Right. Well, but it's, it's, well, you got just, a mortgage. <laughs> you don't have time. Like when we were, when we were in high school, right? We were reading BME. Yeah. We were reading about, we were watching 120 minutes on MTV. We were listening to what Matt Penfield said. We were reading about uh, different bands and stuff like that. We were listening to demos and trying to, you know, get music. Mm. And we would go to these shows and we would know that you would do this for certain songs. And there was that community and that rituals, the the rituals of that community, right? That we were inside of. Sure. And it's just that we've grown up and we're no longer a part of, we're we're part of our own community. We stepped out of that stream of new information. But we stepped out of the stream. We're no longer in the mainstream of the, the, the community and its rituals. Yeah. So it just looks odd to us. And maybe that's... Why I feel bad because I, I I don't want it to be a portrayal of like I can't believe the way these kids are acting. It was just more of a culture shock to oh, me. It's just it's definitely. But it's so uh, it's so much more odd to be culture shocked by like a community that you were regularly a part of. It's when did I step? It's you don't notice that you're old, right? No one mm. sees themselves aging. Mm-hmm. Because it's it's this it's this paradox I've always thought of as a kid. Yeah. Is because there are adults in my life that I look at that are always going to be adults. And as I grow older, I've always and like that's they've always kind of looked the same as adults. I don't know, I'm a child and now I'm an adult. So now I look like an adult to my children. But when I see myself in the mirror, I don't see an adult. I see a high school or college kid. Like that's you know, right. So that's we, what you see, you, we did, just like, I still feel like when I'm watching football, I feel like all those guys are way older than me. Right. And they're and like all the players. And I'm just kind of like, yeah, you watch an NFL thinking they're older than you. And even like, college. Sometimes I'm kind of like, oh man, 
these right? guys. And, but then you you know in your head they're babies. Like you know in yeah. your head that they're yeah. all half your age. Yeah. And so it's at best <laughs> we don't notice that aging out of that mainstream. And so in, and then so now all of a sudden you 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 you're you're woke now. You gone woke. Mm. You, you you've realized that it moved on without you. But the music's still there and it's still enjoyable. And that's why I say like outdoor larger venues, especially outdoor venues, yeah, really really tamper most of those things because those rituals happen where they happen but there are still people like yourself like i who have aged out but so we're we still have our cultures we still have our rituals and we can hang out together and in an outdoor setting you can stand next to that group of people and you'll hear them talk about dumb shit but it's like you're not hearing the entire room talk about dumb shit <laughs> well no you're just hearing them about dumb shit with their kids right, right. well and the other thing I think the other thing that doesn't help me is the fact that I've never like even when I was younger, I don't want to say never, but I've 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 always preferred smaller indoor shows over the festival. I just haven't I festivals just aren't my deal. I don't like festivals. But outdoor outdoor <laughs> venues are But even outdoor stuff, like I know that the sound's supposed to be better in the amphitheater because it can't bounce back, it travels out. But I've always liked the smaller rooms. I, you know, at, at biggest, I was like a big tabernacle fan. So I was like always a tabernacle and down type person. Well, that's the intimacy, right? That's the sure. The closeness of it all. Like I don't, I don't connect with a band when I'm watching them at State Farm Arena. Right, but there were times when I was at like above bookstores shows where like the riser was for the drum set, but the band was on the same level on the we floor were, on yeah. the floor that we were on. And That's way uh, under the couch was, and I could never I, there. I saw it, it was four bands every Friday, mm -hmm. most of the time four very different bands every Friday, mm -hmm. and I could never tell you the name or any of it. I never recognized any of the songs that I heard. So every all the music and everything I was hearing was for the first time. Yeah, and it was more of just a soundtrack of a Friday night. You would go, you would go inside and just get your eardrums blown out, and then you would go outside and smoke a cigarette. Maybe one of your friends would convince one of the adults there to go across the street and buy a couple of cans of PBR or something like that. And then maybe you'd go back inside and get your eardrums blown out or whatever. That's another thing I've noticed, too, going to shows in the past few years is the sound in the room is not ear splitting anymore. No. Like they figured out, oh, we can still have a show and sound great and not be not make it sound like a whir, you know, you know, and stuff gets yeah. so loud. It's just, it just sounds like, <laughs> yeah. Like the Jimmy Eat world show. I was like, I was like, Oh man, maybe I should have brought some, like, like some earphones, some earbuds or something like that. Or, you know, what do you call them? Earplugs. Like earplugs. Yep. And I was like, but we were standing there. I was like, this sounds fucking great. I'm not like, it's not like blowing oh. out my ears. And even at the, even at the loft, the tiny room, you would expect, like, I was like, I was like, okay, this is going to be kind of fucking loud. Cause it's a yeah. small, hard room. The loft is a loud room. It's a loud room, but it didn't feel loud like it did back in the day. Like right. my and and my ear, like amazingly, for being a person that was in radio, like most yeah. people in radio have terrible ears because they have shit cranked way the fuck up. Yep. I didn't have that same ringing that I had in my ears back in the day. Like it was just you could hear everything that was going on, and it didn't. It wasn't overwhelming. You no. Know? Yeah. No. The theater can get loud. The theater can Depending get Depending on where you're at, it can be very loud. 
Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I think I, I've gotten smart enough not to go stand on one side of the stage where you got right. one speaker pl- playing into your ear, but it didn't seem as loud as it used to be back in the day, which is, I think, I think more so people figuring out the acoustics of their room and knowing, okay, we can do a live show and not have to be loud. And just because it, just because we can be loud doesn't mean we need to be loud, you know? I think this latest generation treats concerts like a party. Yeah. And the, the guy on stage or the gal on stage is the one leading the party. Mm. And it's a different, I don't know. But no, I, I definitely, I like the small venue mm. stuff. I like the surprise stuff. I yeah. like the, just the, you don't you don't have to know the name of the band or what's going on. Just just be there, be in the moment. But yeah, we're we're definitely older and it's definitely a different and it's that's the just growing older just creeps up on you. Yeah. What bothers you about it the most? My hair, maybe. Okay. But um I don't When know. are your earphones go up? Nope. Okay. Just my 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 hair or um I don't know. I miss like not having to worry about responsibilities, I guess. Like just just being able to go and do just doing like just driving home without worrying about anything. Like at the end of the night, just driving home. Like like that. I haven't well, I say this, and then I did it just not Sunday night. But there, there are the moments when I was like you know younger, like high school, that nostalgia you feel. But like either going home from dropping a girl off on a date, or on your way home from a concert, or from meeting friends at a party, or going seeing to a real dinner, good movie, movie or whatever, and you're just driving home by yourself, window rolled down. Maybe you smoke a cigarette. Maybe you're not. Maybe the window's not rolled down. Just playing some music. But just that. 20, 15 minute drive home was like, that was a different vibe when I was younger than when I'm older. Right. Think you can get that back. Is that something you can lose or is that something you, is that, is that a mindset you can put yourself in again? I think you could. Well, yeah, absolutely. Because just this last Sunday we were walking back from the concert to the hotel and it was that same, just walking down the sidewalk from from the venue to the hotel in Chattanooga. It was like close to midnight. There were maybe two other people on the sidewalk. I mean, it was like it was very empty, just us. And it was it it had that very uh, just you know ride home vibe. So I mean, you can definitely you don't even have to be in the car to do it. But it's just I just do it less as the older you get, right? You, you, your mind gets on something else. You, that's well, not... it's you, right? When you're younger, there's you, like every year you get older, you get new stuff. So when you're younger, there's less stuff, right? So if there's less stuff, then you just do the same stuff more and more and more and more, right? We just yeah. do the same thing over and over and over. But as you get older, you get more stuff. So you can't do the same thing over and over and over because you got more stuff in the way. Right, you got stuff to take care of. You got stuff to different, pay on. You got different stuff, stuff yeah. has priorities. Different stuff. So, but you can still. That's that's the thing that like I try to think about. I maybe 
or maybe I should try to think about is just those those vibes, those feelings, those those moments that like where that nostalgia lives. Like don't don't think about like don't don't fall into that trap that like we need to go back in time and make things the way they were in 1990. That's that's the way they were and it's different now so we can move past Talking about it. making things great again? No, uh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe we just focus on that feeling and then how can we create that feeling again? Yeah. I'm sorry. I had to go after that. Sorry. Well, that's where I was going. Yeah. But you were just hitting people over the head with it. <laughs> Sorry. I like to brute force things. <laughs> um, but I, I mean, but, yeah, I know the feeling you're talking about where you're just kind of like, fuck man, I don't have to work tomorrow. I'm fucking going home. I'm going to crash out. I'm going to sleep until I wake up. It was a good fucking night. Yeah. Just, you think we get it back when we like get to that retirement age when our kids don't need us anymore? Just that, that, what was that, that, uh, I think it was the cars that who's going to drive you home tonight, tonight. That whole song is that beep, vibe, beep, 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 beep. right? What a, what a jam. What a <laughs> fucking jam, dude. That's, that's the vibe, right? But it's, it's you, it's fewer. It happens fewer the older you get. Mm-hmm. But. I, I mean, you understand what I'm talking about. Right. I know what you're talking about, but I think my my idea is like I think that it that goes down, but then I think like kids grow up, they go to do their own thing, and then all of a sudden, I feel like that can be back depending on your other choices, like what you allow to kind of dominate your brain space, right? Well, it's just a different song then, right? Instead of cars, who's going to drive you home? It's like Simon and Garfunkel's Kodachrome, or it's. Eddie Money's Take Me Home Tonight. Yeah. No, not that one. <laughs> I'm talking about your kid here. Come on. <laughs> well, um, but that, no, that's what I'm saying, though. Like, they, they become their person, and they're doing their thing, and, like, all of a sudden, you have, like, let's talk about, like, your second kid. Like, your second kid is all of a sudden now off to college or off to do whatever they're going to do after high school. Obviously, needs you less. Right? Oh, you're talking about empty nest? Talking, I mean, that's, that's. I feel like empty nest is like the second coming of like. That's that's college years, post post high school kind of thing. Yeah, that's ten years off for me, and that's that'll be that'll be the next big age thing for me, because that'll be me grasping at something I can't do. I have a feeling because I'm like I'm gonna have this void. I'm gonna want to fill it, and I'm gonna grasp at things that I can't fill it with, or I'm gonna grasp at things I think will fill it that won't. I I, I think that. Just knowing myself, like, I don't ever get it right the first time. And I rarely get it right the second time. Do you think it's a benefit knowing that right now? And you could be like, maybe I can build some stuff into place. No. Or you're just not that person. No, I'm never going to apply this logically to my life later on. But but I can see myself just being being without children and there being a hole in my life, me not really there's there's a hole in my life, and then like subconsciously filling it with something and being like, nope, that wasn't fun. I didn't enjoy it. No one liked that. I got to figure this out again. I'm a, I've got a two year old, and I'm terrified of that hole in my life already. No, that that doesn't happen. I was I was never focused on like her leaving and being so upset that she was gone. And those early years, I was just so concerned of just not fucking this thing up, just. Please don't let me raise a serial killer or an asshole. Just <laughs> I can uh, yeah, I can understand that. Just just make I just just I just want to raise a kind person and someone yeah. who's not beat up by this world because that I don't want that either. 
And that was, that was the challenge. That was always just the, and it still is the challenge, but it's less now that they're older because I, it's pretty much now it's just fine tuning. Mm. Like I've got to teach my daughter that, you know, when someone brings a basket of cookies out, don't grab all the fucking cookies, right? Let everybody have a turn getting a cookie, you know? I can't believe I have to teach my 13 year old this, but that's where I'm at right now. Right. And so, and that's what, that's what kind of what parenting turns into is you got the basics down and you just got to keep it going. At or, least you give a shit enough to, to, to or teach. you miss or you miss. And if you miss, I, I, I haven't missed yet, but I, I can, I have no idea what you do if you miss, like if you fuck it up and they turn into an asshole and you're like, well, I fucked that up. They're an asshole. Mm. How do I fix it? Like, I don't, that's, that's to me, that terrified me more than them leaving. It's just, I think it would terrify me more if I didn't think about that. You know what I'm saying? Like the fact that you're, you're taking the time to be like, Hey, the, the, the fact that you're taking time to fine tune, there's so many parents that by this point they're 13, they're going to figure it out. Like there are just people who are just like that. They're like, eh, they'll figure it out. I'll, I'm, I'm, I've done my job. Well, there were like basic social interaction skills that I had to learn when I was like 23, 25. Because you like, just never had to never had to be in a situation or just because it was never because taught to you? no one told me, hey, like, maybe don't do that. Like, maybe just don't say those things. Maybe keep your mouth shut for a minute. Just just don't don't respond like they, they said what they said. And you might have a great thing to add to what they said, but just maybe don't say that. Just maybe let it lie. Yeah. Right. And it's like, nobody ever told me that. But then I realized I started doing that with certain people and relationships got better. And I was like, these people don't want to hear that from me. They want to hear something else. Not everybody wants abrasion. <laughs> well, and it's, you know, and it's, it's so you, you've, but I would, I wouldn't have changed the way I acted if someone had not told me to think about it. And so the, with my daughter and, and my son both, like I try, I try to just, and you know, teach them how to have conversations at the very least. Because as long as you can talk to somebody, you won't be lonely. Ask questions and listen to the answer. Right. Listen to what the other person's saying and then respond. <laughs> right. And don't assume that they know what you want to talk about. Like if you want to talk about Pokemon, they probably don't know what Pokemon is. So it's like, oh, we have nothing to talk about. No, you have plenty to talk about. Just don't talk about that. <laughs> yeah, just because that's what you want to talk about. Like, if it comes up, great. But if it doesn't, like, I mean, we were learning that for a long time. Well, and that's that's just, right, that's natural. We were learning that for a ton. For a, for Social a interaction time. skill, right? This high, so that's the purpose of high school, perhaps. Well, and, and I, I, think, I think what would be most important, and what I will try to land with my kid is like, Watch for the eyes to glaze when you're talking about something and know when to be like, anyway, what's going on with you? <laughs> Cause it happens. Like it was still, you know, when I was doing radio stuff, it's easy to make people's eyes glaze over when you start nerding out about shit mm -hmm. about anything. It doesn't have to be anything specific, but when you start nerding out about anything, like it's easy for people to just to see them go, they're like waiting for you to finish up. And that's Sue. And that's, what's interesting. I see of my daughter is because the, the high school clicks 
and in my mind, they just get even tighter because now I have a safe space that I can talk about my fandom, my Pokemon or, or whatever it is that I want to talk about mm-hmm. and obsess over. And the people around me are just as obsessive and we can just spout off at each other like fire hoses about our obsessions. And that's the internet too, right? Like, but, I, no, but find I, those... I see them do it face to face. Sure. It's, it's kind of weird. But at the same time, like. But if they can't find it there, they can find it there. Right. But and it's, and I, it's, you know, but I'm not worried about the kids leaving the house. That's, that'll find its way however it finds its way. I'm, I'm obviously concerned because like right now, both of my kids are young. They're 13 and nine or something like that. Niner? They're catching Niner, niner in there? Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, for walkie-talkie. Oh, yeah. But, uh, they, they don't know what they want to be when they grow up, and that's fine. I don't expect it. I mean, I got 10 years to figure that out. Take your, take out and take your time. But at the same time, I don't, hell, who What knows? I became when I grew up was not even what I wanted to be. <laughs> who knows who knows what happens in 10 years right so it's it's but it's going to be an interesting journey for both of them and but, i'm and yeah. i'm curious to but it's but to me more i'm more like just curious to see how it happens like the the details that that part i'm not that worried about the the part that i'm like really interested and curious and like would love to know more about was just like if i went into the future i wouldn't want to know the details just give me the just give me the lowdown is it interesting to you to know that you wanting to know how that all works out is is more rare than most parents have interest in knowing? I don't know. Well, I'll give you. I'll give you a. I think int- most parents want to know my kid's okay, but like I'm like you, where I'm interested in knowing how do they get there and what ends up being the thing. I just want to know what the end is. I I just want them to be happy. And I'm really curious what that is. What is that thing that makes them happy? Or what is it they figure out that the work-life balance or whatever it is, I just I just want them to figure that out and make themselves happy. And, and that's what I'm curious about. But as far as like leaving the house or something, I mean like a, a prime example is a couple of weeks ago, I, I broke a glass bong. And, and glass is made to be broken. Every piece of glass that's ever been made will eventually be broken. Every piece of glass that has ever been made will eventually be broken. I don't give a fuck how old that piece of glass is. It's it's something's going to break it. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So if you just take that going into it, then you know. So when it broke, I was like, I fuck. I was pissed. For about 20 seconds, cleaned it up, you know, bought a new piece of glass. Favorite bong? There's, well, I, I don't have a favorite. There's no such thing because <laughs> it's it's a piece of glass. It's going to break. Mm-hmm. I liked it. Yeah, it was great. Did everything I wanted it to do. Yeah. This new one does the same thing. Maybe a little different. But it's, the kids are going to, it's like glass breaks. Kids are going to leave. They're going to. I don't want them to stick around forever. Yeah. That's that's a sign of something. You want them to fly. Yeah, you don't want to hang on too long, right? There's a there's a healthy dosage, right? There's a healthy dosage of yeah. being there and also giving room, giving space. 
I I have a feeling I'm not gonna have to hang on at all. It, more than anything, I'm gonna have to like spart and kick him. Just just, <laughs> just get out of here. Yeah. So it's. What about your wife? I, she's yeah. She's she's doesn't even want to talk about it. She can't even. She's just she thinks thinking about that takes away from the time she has in front of her. Just doesn't even want to think about it. That's probably smart. That's probably the smarter way to go about it, to be honest. It doesn't bother me at all. It's, it's that's not well. It's, I don't. I want think it about to bother it. me. That's I don't. A thing. I don't. I don't want to think about it. I don't need to think about it. I, I want to focus on other things. When she was one and a half, two years old, especially when she before she was talking, the only thing I want to know is like, what's going on inside your head? Like, what are you? Just what's? You'd see her just with a crayon, just. I like. I just. I just want love, just to hear what's in this, going on in your head. Are you just la 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 la? What is that? What? What do you? What's? What is that brain? Do you think you're like, like, in her head is she making like, a dragon or like you know? What is that brain thinking right now? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or like you, you'll see your kid, clearly thinking right. Like there'll be a dinner and they might even be tired, but you, they're they're just like. And you're, and you're like, just, oh, come on. If I could just read that, just if you could telepathically just talk to me. And it's that, w- that was the earliest, the most frustrating thing. The next most frustrating thing was I tell you to do something and then you can't figure it out based on the instructions that I've given you. Like, pick that up and put it over there. And like, they go to pick that up and they can't get past that. Yeah. And it's like, it's, right there just pick it up like what pick it up i don't understand yes you do pick it up <laughs> and then they pick it up and like what do you want me to do with it and like put it over there and they go oh and they just like throw it over there and i'm like no set it up right like it come like come on man come what are you yeah yeah and like and it part of you was like are they are they fucking with me it feels like you're fucking with me. <laughs> and then the other's like, well, he's dumb. So just cut him some slack. Well. But it feels like fucking like you're me. fucking with me. Um, yeah. Well, and, and it, that's even, where you're at right now. Is even with two my two year old, like, you know, she talks a lot. She, then you can see the wheels turning. Mm-hmm. And like, we'll be on the way to daycare. And like, I always bring the rear view down so I can see her. Because she's, you know, facing forward now and all that stuff. And you can see she's thinking about something. And I'm like, hey, yeah? What are you thinking about? Um, I don't know. Like, I don't even think they know what they're thinking about. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. in that way. Like, they haven't, they're aware that of what's around them. They're aware of what's kind of going on. They know they're on their way to school. But I don't think they understand that they're thinking about something, and they don't. Answer, and they don't, but yeah, but she's. I. She'll just be literally like, um, I don't know. That's a pretty thoughtful answer. I mean, at least she gave it a shot, right? right yeah. Um, that's weird. I mean, I don't. I, I try not to. I try my best because it's very easy. You know, I'm sure we've all done it. Like we're to get in that. Oh man, my kid did this thing, but it's just like sometimes you're talking to him, and you're like. Man, it's right there. I know it's right there. Well, you'll hear them. Well, especially if they're talking and very audible. 
And the more you talk to them, you'll see them like develop sentence structure. And then you'll see them like you're used to them talking a certain way. And then you'll hear them say something that's kind of a little bit more complex than what you're used to. And you're like, Oh, you just leveled up there a little bit. Didn't you? That's that was a sentence, my friend. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My two-year-old brokered a deal with me the other day. Yeah. She literally asked for something. I was like, I was like, well, we need to do this. She goes, well, can I have one? And then we can do that. I said, sure. She goes, deal. And like stuck out her hand. And I was like, come on, man. <laughs> she thinks you're going to welch? <laughs> she stuck out her hand and said, deal. And I was like, oh my God, dude. All right. Sure. Deal. Grab her hand. You're not going to not shake the kid, the kid's hand. You don't. Yeah. When a two-year-old hands you a block and says, Say hello. You go. Hello? Hey, hello. How? But yeah. Hello. <laughs> hello. Hello. Yeah, you answer the phone when the two-year-old hands it to you. It's wild, dude. It's no. wild. Let's wrap it up. Yeah, yeah. Hey, man. Thanks for being here, Banshee Radio. Everyone, I'll have links in the description for his stuff. Don't even, have... don't even worry about it. Don't even worry about it. It's I... episode three ninety-two. We're gonna silently coast into four hundred episodes of this podcast. 400 that's something right all those all those podcasts that started long ago are way past me now three what 392 of these that's a lot of content dude that's it's commitment to the hobby really it is i need to do for it our ADA, for our adhd brains and all the things that we do you have you've stuck to this one pretty well I mm. like the new table setup, by the way. It's been great. It's it's much different to sit right across and talk and not have to like look around shit yeah, and yeah. not have to look sideways. I like to be able to just like look straight across. It makes for a different conversation. Anyway, I love you guys at Lopez Radio for social media, all that good stuff. Um, and I'm on Twitch. You can find it. Bye. Take care, guys.